glory in the legends of this hard muscle life. And there's poetry in each season made of sweat and strife. But now's the time to work and strain at a sport that tests the spirit and challenges the brain. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Yeah, I'd like to have 75 degrees of sunny all the time, too, but that's not football. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? We're going to play us through light and rain. Go face them and fight them. Be savage again. Don't look now. But the Washington football team is in a playoff hunt. Welcome back into the mass. Oh, not mass. Alexis. Jesus Christ. I do that every like. <laughs> Damn I, it, Bob. What an asshole. It's because Taylor's here. I got nervous. <laughs> and now Maddie's in the picture. I'm distracted. Everything's just going wrong for me. Uh, it's the it's the holidays, I swear. The Put Me In Coach podcast. PMIC That's podcast. Whiskey. That's whiskey? Um, Halfway. That's whiskey? Oh, my God. I can't push the buttons right. This is a tough start for your boy. Uh, Put Me In Coach podcast. Back at it. I think our first uh, episode since the day before Thanksgiving preview in the Cowboys game. And now we've got two games to kind of recap and a playoff push. Bobby Blanco, Tom Metalli, Greg Porter, Ian Foster. That's the original foursome. We are now also joined by a friend of the program, Ray Wider. Ray, thanks so much for joining us. Fellas, thank you very much for having me. The pleasure is all mine. Uh, we originally were going to have you on because we're also going to touch on a major trade that happened in DC sports uh, a while back, the John Wall, Russell Westbrook trade. But then, of course, now uh, we got good news for the football team to discuss as well. Uh, we're going to break down the game against the Steelers. Was, uh, one of the biggest wins probably in franchise history, or at least in our lifetime. Yes or no? Yes. In our lifetime, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, they're riding a now three-game win streak. Uh, because they dominated the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Going to go over that. Like, like I said, going to touch on the, uh, the the trade, the NBA trade. We'll go around the NFL, all the original stuff. So we appreciate you listening, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play, or SoundCloud even, which we're trying to get a uh, verification badge on our account for. Uh, we appreciate the clicks, the listens, the comments, the subscribes. Thank you for spreading the word as well. Thomas, let's get into it. Take us away. Thanks, Bob. It, uh, 23 to 17. That is, this is going to be a game, Bobby already mentioned this. Uh, I'm going to remember where I was. I'm going to remember what I was doing. I mean, this was uh, uh, something that just beating an undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers team in Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football against a team that we have not beaten since 1991. And down 14 points, I believe, at one point in which, if you look at the Steelers' record at Heinz Field, went up that much. I believe it was like 1, 114, and 1. Something one, at, 109, 1, and 1. So that is good God. Since, since drafting <laughs> Big Ben in 2004, 109, 1, and 1. Now 109, 2. And wow. One. That includes Jesus. playoff games. Yep. And that's also the first time ever in NFL history that a sub 500 team beat a team with at least 11 wins on the road. And this was the first time the football team has beaten an 11-plus win team in over a decade, I believe. Longer than that. I mean, that makes sense, too. I mean, this was a, uh, you know, all local aspects aside, this was a major, major upset. And I know we'll get into the whole rest debate. Um, at the same time, this is an undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers team that has championship aspirations with a first ballot Hall of Famer. And a Washington team uh, that is under 500 on their third string quarterback coming off of 17 surgeries. I mean, where is my Hollywood script? Because I feel like that is the climax of this Alex uh, Smith comeback story. 
Emphasis on climate. Is that bad? What's that mean? Does that break it? I, I, yeah. Emphasis on climax. Uh, this, like you mentioned, Tom, we're going to get into the, the debate on like the rest thing. But you know, on paper, coming into the, aside, that aside, the Washington mm-hmm. football team having ten days of rest, uh, and I would like to know actually Ray's thoughts on this, having played as high as in, in the college collegiate level, uh, and, and the Steelers only having five days. So if this were a regular Sunday game, like it should have been, it would be like the Steelers were playing on a Friday having just played on Sunday. Of course, they played on a Wednesday and now playing on a Monday night or afternoon. Um, but that aside, everything else on paper says that the Steelers should have beat the Washington football team. And then once you get on the field, like Chase Young said in his post-game press conference, it's just, it's game time. You know, you got to put your best foot forward and and play the game. That's, you know, you got to play who's on your schedule. They were 11-0, the last undefeated team standing. And uh, now they're no longer the last undefeated team. Man, because, and, you know, like you said, 14 nothing to start the game. I think that all came in the second quarter as well. I mean, that's it started off yeah. bad for the Washington football team. Both teams. It was kind of a sloppy game to start. A, a whole bunch of three and outs. I think only one first down throughout a whole the, lot of drop passes throughout the first quarter and a half. A lot of drop passes. Uh, ugly sloppy, sloppy play. Uh, and we're. I think the meat of what we're going to talk about later of how they ended up winning this game was the halftime adjustments and especially on the defensive side. And God give Alex credit a lot of credit too, but I mean it was just an unbelievable, unbelievable night. Uh, when you see fourteen nothing on the road to an undefeated team, I think everyone on this podcast would say, again. "Yeah, game over." On Monday night, <laughs> on, on national Monday television, night. Yeah. I think we would all say game over. When's the last time we won on Monday night? Colt McCoy. Yeah, gotta wow. be right. Wow. Was <laughs> that last years ago? with the? Uh, was that his last win in the NFL? I think that was. Up until on Sunday, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Good weekend for yeah. the Washington football team and the those players formerly known as Washington Redskins. Uh, so, Ian, Bobby, Ray, Porter, how, I wrote, how did this happen? How did we win this game, Bobby? I know you mentioned uh, second-half adjustments, but what else? Uh, to, to me, that's where it starts. I mean, they mm-hmm. – you know, we can actually get in. How many times did we talk about in the Jay Gruden era the the four minute window, right? The two minutes leading into halftime and the two minutes coming uh, to start the second half. That's completely different script with this regime under Ron Rivera. It seems like we start to get our you know, our feet our, sh- our act together mm-hmm. in the two minute warning of the start first half, into a rhythm. and then come out firing with halftime adjustments in the second half. You know, that drive to at least get on the board before halftime with the field goal uh, and and Alex Smith running off the field with the ball uh, and giving us, you know, two extra minutes basically of real time to set up to to, yeah. to kick the field goal. That, that I mean, you... Did see, he do it on purpose? I don't think so. He said he didn't. I, that's way too specific of a rule to think you do that on, on, on purpose. It, it, it didn't look like it did. No. It doesn't seem like something he would do. No. no. But. If he did... Tip of the cap to you. Like, that is some... <laughs> dig- I'll take a loophole. I yeah. don't care. Digging into the rule book to figure out how to do that. But um, it to me, that's that's how this game flipped. And it was at least getting on the board, getting some momentum, showing mm-hmm. that, that, def- that this offense could do something against that defense. And our defense... Also, that fourth... I mean, that drive, correct me if I'm wrong, started with that goal line stand against mm-hmm. the Steelers. Um, and Chase. That... 
Yeah, Young. Chase Young flying down the line. I, that to me changed the whole complexion of the game and and swung well, no, them no, that, was when, that was when it was seven nothing. Yeah, oh, really. Okay. Oh, seven. Yeah, that was seven nothing. Well, throw did, that in did, there too, though. Did you guys see that clip of Mike Tomlin talking to Chase Young? Yeah. No, he, I didn't see said, that. I was kind of. I was conflicted with it a little bit. I know it sounds a little crazy, but like, I mean, again, Tom is playing the Washington football team a little bit with his comment and whatnot. But I mean, ultimately, I think it was from a respectful place. It's just yeah. I have that, you know, I'm jaded with Pittsburgh sports. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, as you should be. As yeah. you should be. And that's something I want to ask you. So, Ian, what Mike Tomlin said to Chase Young, he was mic'd up. He goes, I hope we never get a player like you. And he's like, huh? He's like, in, us, in order for us to get a player like you, we got to lose 14 games. Oh, so, <laughs> so that's a that's a heck of a compliment. It is <laughs> a little bit backhanded. Um, correct. Yeah. So Ray, we did want to to, to the organization, brain. not to Chase Young, though. Yeah, um, we did want to pick your brain about you know Pittsburgh as a sports town because really the only way we have been affected by it are Penguins fans. So yeah. I mean, as far as like I, I don't give a shit about the Steelers or or the Pirates or. They don't have a basketball team, but you know, it's just hockey where, where it's really, I guess we're intimately known of it, but just, can you kind of paint us a picture of Pittsburgh fans? Because in our limited experience being up there, I'm pretty sure Ian and I wanted to fight every single uh, Yinzer up there. I to fight yeah, Uber I don't blame. <laughs> well, two, I think two Uber that. drivers. Yeah. Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You go, yeah you go get some IC lights or something like that. Well, when it comes to uh, Pittsburgh fans, I'll tell you one thing. It's all-encompassing. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, you have Western P- Pennsylvania and you got Eastern Pennsylvania, you know, divided by Philly and Pittsburgh. And the loyalty knows no bounds or whatnot. I mean, right or wrong, they're 1,000% behind their team. And I don't think I've ever met a Fairweather fan up there. So that's a compliment to them. In that mm-hmm. same breath, though, I sometimes think, you know, they say, what is the old saying goes, um, some entitlement. Ignorance is, well, no, ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. And so what they see, for example, is, you know, going to get in this game specifically, it's an 11-0 team going against a 4-7 team that they think they're just going to go ahead and knock off. And, you know, obviously the uh, Washington football team won. And here we are where the excuses started to mount up, which I just never understood. And it's one thing that, again, it goes back to the ignorance is bliss because, hey, you know, and also their lack of fair weatherness, if that makes any sense. You know, they're going to back them 1,000% right or wrong. So, I mean, it's just uh, – oh, good. No, he was raising his hand. Uh, no, You're sorry, good. my bad. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it's just crazy, man. I mean, like, you know, they're passionate. You got to love that. You know, mm-hmm. you can kind of wish we had it down here because here we are in Washington, in the Washington, D.C. area, and mm-hmm. all my life it's been 50% – you know, Cowboys, 50% Washington football team, formerly known as the Redskins. And yeah. it just, it, it almost makes you sick to your stomach. But up there, there's this, like, there's a strong sense of camaraderie behind their team and whatnot. And it's respectable and both, it's both respectable and commendable. Ray, I would never cut you off. If I ever cut you off, you, you yell at me. <laughs> the only person to be cut off on this podcast is Tom. Oh, man, my bad. <laughs> no, you know, you know, it's like, it's like my second time being on Zoom. <laughs> You know, what's incredible about this is this win in particular. Like, I'm trying to think about some other ones, like other Redskins wins. Damn it. Um, Seattle? Yeah. I, like, they're, they're just we, we've had so little to celebrate over our lifetimes. Like, you know, I don't care if it was on a, the five-day, 11-day rest debate. I don't care that it was, you know, James Conner was out and 
They had a number of injuries. I don't care. Like we have, we've, we'll just get a victory every now and then. Like and yeah. every single pundit, knowing all of these facts, picked Pittsburgh for yeah. the same reason that they should have picked yeah. Pittsburgh because mm-hmm. they're fucking eleven and zero. They have the superior team. Don't make the excuses afterwards. Mm-hmm. You go out yeah. there to win the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, correct. Well, how about this too? On top of all of the history that we mentioned in terms of records and and all that stuff coming into the game, how about what if I would have told you that Antonio Gibson would have exited the game after two plays? Terry yes. McLaurin would have finished with two catches. Non-factor. And we still would have put up 23 points and won the game. I would have called you number crazy. one defense in the league. Against the number one yeah. defense in the league. Yeah, I and I think crazy. Yeah. And Bobby, that's a really good point. I was actually going to say that because I've noticed in the in the rare times that we And Brandon Sheriff got banged up. Sorry, Tom. Told you. <laughs> in, in, the, <laughs> sorry, in the in the rare times that we've been bad. I mean, we've been good. I've noticed there's a difference where even if you're having a bad game, you find ways to win. Mm-hmm. And we, like you mentioned, Bobby, we did this without our star rookie running back, without our star wide receiver. Uh, we, let's see. I mean, I don't know how many careless errors we made with Jeremy Sprinkle. I can't stop thinking about that. Oh play. my god! <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> the muffed punt changing the complexion. Oh, I will never get over but, that muff punt. Even though we won, I will never get over. Yeah, it. I mean the no. the fact that we we shot ourselves in the foot so many times and still won. And, you know, that happens against bad teams, not against an undefeated team. And that shows you that there is a trajectory um, happening in front of our eyes and it's going up. Like it's not up and down. Like we've always experienced. I mean, there's a steady, smooth path. It looks like we're, we're heading to it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think, you know, it's, we also have to be careful too, you know, because NFL is any given Sunday. And the fact is that, you know, we can go out here next week and lay an egg. And, you know, you, you got to get you got to make yourself emotionally available for that, you know, that um, that eventual downfall. But I don't think it's coming anytime soon. I think one of the reasons why we were so successful in winning that game is it has nothing to do with the preparation or whatnot. Following up to Bobby said about Chase Young, what he said, you know, these guys get paid. This is what they get paid. They're ready at the, you know, at the snap of a finger. I think one of the biggest dynamics in this case was the fact that you have Pittsburgh coming into the game one-dimensional. Yeah. You know? And, hey, yes, Ben was getting the ball off and stuff like that. Well, we didn't even sack him. Had it hit him a couple times. And when you're only throwing, you know, these five-yard outs, five-yard digs, curls, whatever it might have you, and then that one play with James Washington went 50 yards, that's just fluke. I mean, a broken tackle. That's – yeah, a broken tackle, you know. Two, I think. Really annoys me. Two. Yeah. But, you know, what happens is, like, you know, for them, that field's going to get smaller. I mean, you can't keep doing this. And, again, it goes to the very essence of this second-half adjustment. Ray, that's a great point, too, because I was going to say, like, also going along, what if I told you that Big Ben would throw 53 times for over 300 yards and two touchdowns? you say we'd have lost the game. Without getting sacked. Oh, and he didn't get sacked. And our defensive yeah. line didn't get a sack. Like probably. He hasn't got sacked in like 20 quarters. Like yeah, It's, not like, this is, it's but, not like this is us. That's just they have a great game plan. But I, I, wanted, I wanted to sack him so bad just for that reason alone. Yeah, just to get the one. Because of how he got sacked. Yeah. But, but then. Hey, but you know you know what we did? We stopped, we stopped trying to get. Well, we still got pressure. But then you just throw your hands up. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you're not going to get to him, throw your fucking hands up. Bat mm-hmm. that ball. And then it finally, like, what? We had four? Three or four, three or four, four, and then on the fourth one, finally, bat it up, game over. Yeah, yeah. 
Montez Sweat might be the best in the league in that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, how many times have we seen him do this? Coming in, like he's he's Julius Peppers 2.0, maybe. Hopefully, <laughs> that's actually a good comp. Yeah, but Damn. you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're six, not wrong. Six foot six, just a freak Animal, off man. the edge. Yeah, I mean, and he's not getting double teamed either. Um, I mean, there is a, you know, we, we've seen some like the 2012 team that we had. Um, our defense was terrible, but our offense was unbelievable. Um, same with the 2015 team. We didn't have a good defense, but Kirk Cousins and he had Pierre for a thousand yards and Deshaun and Jordan Reed. I mean, that offense was really, really freaking good. Um, but we really haven't had a defense like this really since the Greg Williams days of, uh, you know, Joe Gibbs part two. Um, you know, it, it's it's a different style of play. There's just such a level of tenacity and intimidation that we haven't seen, uh, you know, a defensive led Washington team. And God, what <laughs> we were teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might have been I might have been uh, 11 or 12, probably. <laughs> I was going through puberty. You, you and Bobby. You yeah. And Bobby. yeah. <laughs> now, now yeah. Ray, were you – I forgot what position you played. In, were you primarily an offensive player? Uh, I, I played – yeah, yeah. Sorry. I played two years at linebacker and then two years at running back. So, you, can you walk us through what – you know, when you have an intimidating defense? Like, there's such an – like a mental edge, I feel like, this team has gained in the second half and the teams that they've won where it's just like – we're, we're better than you, and we're going to kick your teeth in. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll be honest with you, too. So most, not most of it, but, you know, some of this includes luck and whatnot. And one thing I experienced, you know, especially playing, you know, for unfortunately for me, my college team wasn't as good as my high school team. But going against, you know, different teams in Division three football and whatnot, what I've noticed is, like, when you come across a good one, they're pretty damn stout. And mm-hmm. it kind of becomes this part of, like, when you can't run the ball especially – you know, I would sit there and get maybe, what, five carries and, you know, because we've had to pass the ball 50 times. It becomes almost like you kind of get this feeling in your gut that today's not the day for you. You yeah. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's just something, I mean, hey, I mean, you unfortunately, too, like, they have coaches to adjust, but when you don't have anyone <coughs> to, like, you know, be able to go on there, decide, hey, we're going to scratch this, let's go with this instead, it becomes, it becomes an uphill battle. And it comes like, hey, like, most of the time, I mean, you're you're lucky if you can get one by the defense. You know what I mean. So it's it's tough. What it's about tough. what about playing linebacker behind a defensive line like Washington has? Like how much easier does that make your job? And, and like, well, I can tell you, your stats probably don't I show think, it because you don't get enough tackles. But <laughs> I mean, you know, you'd be surprised. It kind of works both ways too, man. I mean, you got to be honest. Like you know, defensive line doing their job holding stout opens up gaps and stuff like that that running backs have to go through. And so it's up to you to make the tackles. And if you're a good one, hey, you're going to have a, a 10-tackle day, you know? But, on, you know, like you said, though, hey, the stats might not be um, there either. That means they're doing their job as well, too, because they're mm-hmm. clogging up. They have eight tackles, two tackles for loss and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, to me, the defense line is the, is the motor that keeps the car running. You know, yeah. and that might be a you know a little bit of a cliche thing to say, but you're not wrong. I mean, no, that's correct. I mean, look at the proof is in the pudding. You yeah. know, what I mean, I mean, you see with all these successful teams, if your offense isn't there, but your defensive line is stout and you have a decent, you know, secondary and backer core, anything is possible. Yeah, anything. Yeah. 
And especially I've noticed, especially in the NFL, there is a recipe that if you are able to put pressure on the quarterback without blitzing, just rushing four, um, that's going to put your linebackers in the secondary in positions to make plays. And, um, you know, because Jack Del Rio doesn't blitz a lot. He doesn't need to. Um, and What's your thoughts on that, though? Sorry. What's your thoughts on that, though, exactly? Uh, I mean, like I guess more blitzing or? It's working. If it ain't broke, don't yeah. fix it. I would rather generate pressure from the front four than having to blitz. Now, I love pressure, but if you could generate <laughs> pressure just from rushing your front four, then, hey, our linebacking core and our secondary needs that. Especially yeah. they're more – I you like know, I, I was I like peeling it back ahead. like an onion, you know. Like, all right, if I can get pressure from my front four, I'll ride that all game because that lets mm-hmm. you like Jack Del Rio did this. It was clear that was the game plan on Monday that they were like, "We're we know they get the ball a click. We know that their offensive line is great. We're not going to get to Big Ben. We're going to make them throw it. We're going to be ready for that. But every once in a while, we're going to send an extra guy they're not prepared for." Yeah. And that happened with Kevin Pierre Lewis. I mean, he completely whiffed on the sack, but Ugh. the one time. Oh, <laughs> The ben one time you do, so easy. it was so easy. The one time you do call the blitz, it's going to open there because they're not expecting it because you've only been rushing four all game. Sure. So I like mm-hmm. that process. I'm generally if you if you can with four, more power to you. But if you can't, send the extra guy. It helps yes. you. It helps you kind of sneak attack them. You know, like send yeah. that one guy every 15 snaps, whatever it may be. Uh, and and Jack Del Rio called it the perfect time. He just yeah. whiffed. And, and Cole Holcomb's yeah. a decent decent blitzer too. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 he's, fine. He's with a that. player. He really is. And I was actually going to mention. Gritty, man. I I meant I wrote down. He's, a, he's a student dubs. of the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, he's become my guy, and no one's called dibs on him yet. So I'm going to call dibs on him now, which means I'm probably going to ruin his career. So I take it back. Don't I'm you sorry. dare say Cam Curl. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, fuck up his career, Tom. I swear <laughs> to God. Were you going to say Cam uh, Curl? You yes. know he's good. <laughs> he's got dibs on him. So. <laughs> he's he's right though. He's got dibs. He's definitely got dibs on him. Um, he he led the team in solo tackles again, guys. This kid can play. I, I mean, I know he's a seventh round pick, and he was a hell of a find. I mean, it's beyond this. Like, it, it's not just serviceable. I mean, he Brian Bogdinger keeps on bringing him up in his baldy breakdowns for a reason. Like, this kid yeah. flies the ball. He gets it. He instinctually gets it. Yeah. And he's making he's making smart plays. Like even Mark Bullock is bringing up like the all twenty two tape mm-hmm. and showing up at the even the last play of the game, mm-hmm. he could have hit him and he would have gone out of bounds, but he took a different angle to stick him inside mm-hmm. the numbers and then the game's over. Yeah. It's like it's and a seventh round draft pick. And it's actually funny you say that, because ever since he got in the starting lineup, from what I've noticed and kind of how you're just looking at the game. What I've noticed besides a few plays where, you know, Darby or Kendall Fowler misses a tackle or gets smoked by Amari Cooper, you have not seen the long ball get completed on us like usual. Like from mm-hmm. tight ends running up the seams all day to yep. wide receivers running nine routes or post routes, you don't you're not seeing you're not seeing the long completions continuously be successful for other teams against us. At least in this winning streak, or at least since Cam Curl has been playing or in replaced Troy Apke. Or, yeah. or you know, just that whole back four and whatnot. Yeah, because and again, no, uh, you can you can finish. I was going to say, man. I mean, like again, it just kind of speaks volumes about what kind of player Cam Curl is, and also what type of man we're dealing with, young man we're dealing with here. You got yeah. a guy that's like, you know, hey, he's hungry. Yeah. He's hungry, mm-hmm, yes. and you know, all the you know, a lot of people say they're hungry and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, sure, you're physically there, but you're not mentally there. 
we're, we're beginning to see what's happening right now is someone that's becoming more and more comfortable. Hey, you mm-hmm. know, only time you hear Cam Curl's name is when he's making a tackle. Correct. You know? And that's how I and that's how I love my defensive backs. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. I love my safeties. Yep. Like, hey, it's about when you know what I mean. And it's like I said, it's incredible. Again, the verdict is still out because hopefully Tom didn't jinx them. <laughs> you know, but as far as I've seen, it's it's impressive. Yeah. And and he's doing this replacing our highest paid player. Correct. Correct. And people Landon are saying Collins. keep Landon on the bench, if not cut him when he comes back. Yeah. Like, that's how well this kid is playing. He's be- he's been better. Like he, he has been objectively better. better. Like, he's just better. as physical. He's just as physical in a smaller frame, and he's playing headier. It's, yeah. it's how is a yeah. seventh round rookie playing headier yeah. than a fucking all pro former all pro? Eighty six yeah. million reasons why. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Ray, I think you got a you had a, you had a really good point. You said he's hungry. I mean, he's a seventh round pick. He's going to have. I mean, if you're a late round pick, you got maybe what one, two opportunities to to prove that you can play in this league. And mm-hmm. you know, our highest paid defensive player tears his Achilles. All right, Cam, you're in. And uh, you know, Tom Brady said this like, don't let them take you back out. Yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. let him do it. And I mean, he's, I mean, he, he, he is getting, and it's one thing I've noticed with a few of our um, younger guys are not only has he improved, but he's improving game by game. Yeah. 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 I, I kind of, I don't want to keep tying this back to the D line, but like mm-hmm. it's hard not to. Right. Except for, yeah. except for the Steelers game, looking on this mm-hmm. win streak, you know, Ray said the, except for the deep ball to Amari Cooper on Thanksgiving, this has been the game plan. They trust their front four to get pressure by themselves. So the secondary, just keep everybody in front of you. Look at the yep. receiving cores. They did that again. I mean, Cincinnati, obviously Joe Burrow also went out halfway through that game, but um, halfway. But, you know, it was just, you can nickel and dime us down the field all you want, but we're not going to let you score once you get to the red zone. Um, yeah. And they shut down Amari Cooper, Gallup. Uh, yeah. uh, what's the fucking rookie receiver? CeeDee Lamb. Lamb. And then look at all the receivers that the Pittsburgh has that they just, yes. and the only long play they gave up against the Steelers was because of missed tackles. Yeah. Exactly. I, and a I poor angle by DeShazer Everett, who has been yeah. sidelined Pretty for good. <laughs> Who's also been, yeah, yeah solid. not bad. He's not bad. He, he, I like DeShazer. He's just been out for a while and he just had a, he had a poor angle. It was yeah. what it was. Yeah. 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 You, you know, it's, um, and I mentioned this on Twitter after the game. I was like, we are, two guys away from being next level in defense. Like, I mean, we're good, but like we need a free safety and we need another linebacker because Cole Holcomb can play. I mean, he is, I think he's beyond serviceable too. Like this is a guy you can plug into your starting lineup for, you know, the foreseeable future. Raymond Foster. That's why you would love to see if Raymond Foster can come back. My question to you, Tom, though, is like, do you worry about, I mean, not worry about necessarily, but where do you see a continuous progression and these guys that are, you know, platoon, quote-unquote platoon guys. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Do you worry about is, is defense or, you know, defense something you worry about in a draft or free agency? Or do you have, like, a specific position that you would like to, you know, see, like – how can I explain that? Yeah, I, I would say yeah. the biggest need – I mean, because you would probably know this better than me, but I feel like the linebacker in today's NFL is kind of like a hybrid where they're, like, just – big safeties now they're not these like 270 pound burling bowling ball like linebackers like we used to see i mean they have to be able to cover and cover in space and uh you know cole holcomb actually has really 
really, really good speed. He's a good athlete that he can go sideline to sideline. Um, but I would say the biggest need would be that free, that center field ball hawking free safety, which is a position that has eluded us really since Sean was killed. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a long gotcha. time. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm just curious what your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I I like our young guys, Cole Hokum, Cam Curl. I mean, these are fines. I mean, these, like, I never heard of these guys coming out of college. Jimmy Moreland. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy also fucking Moreland. making plays. Also making plays. I mean, he's the small, he, he's the smallest guy out there. He makes every tackle. The, the game is not too big for him. And, and that's what's really impressive about all three of those guys. I mean, you know, seventh round picks, fifth round picks. I mean, these guys weren't expected to be starters, but it like they given an opportunity and they're not relinquishing it. Kyle and again. Smith. Yeah. Kyle but also again, <laughs> hate like Bobby said, hate to bring it back to the defensive line. And oh, again, it's 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 allowing these guys to develop. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not the biggest Jack Del Rio fan. But man, when it comes to I mean like it, it's incredible when you really think about it. Yeah, exactly. We, it's really incredible when you think about it because it's like here you are. I mean, we're making a seven we got two seventh round players with Cam Curl and Jimmy Moreland who are starters. Well, Jimmy in the slot, you know, occasionally on But I mean, they, I mean we're nickel mostly, so I'd say he's Yeah, starter. exactly. He's you don't see that you do not see that on most teams where you got a seventh round, two seventh round guys going out there and not only just going out there, but they're not getting toast. They're not making mistakes. They're making physical and big time plays. They're playing on the number three defense in the league. Yeah. It's um, like they're starting on the number three defense in the league. I mean, that's, that's that's crazy. And it's not like they're seventh round draft picks from five years ago. They're the last two seventh round draft picks. Yeah, exactly. I, I think what I've really enjoyed about this defense in general is I've always felt like sports are contagious. You know, when you have that, you know, you shoot 70% from the field in basketball or like you score, you know, 10 plus runs in baseball. Like if some guy starts hitting, then the next guy starts hitting and all of a sudden it's contagious. And I've noticed with this defense, when they start rolling, when they start getting some momentum and started getting in the off- um, the offensive team's ha- uh, heads, like it, it's over and yeah. everyone else just starts flying to the ball. And, you know, I've always, Ted Williams said, the worst kind of athlete is a thinking athlete. And when this team is just reacting and just playing, they are, dangerous yeah I, I i tie it back to tackling like it's i mm-hmm. that's obviously the fundamental aspect of the game of football but cam curl can tackle cam curl can tackle jimmy moreland again the smallest guy on the field can tackle cole holcomb is a, a a hit stick uh waiting to happen and obviously we know about the front line the front defensive line but i, I tom i totally agree i feel like especially like thinking back to the thanksgiving game when it was kind of a close game it just mm-hmm. got to a point where no matter what Something the cowboys slick. do no one was breaking. They were going down. Like there was no yeah. running wild with the ball. Something clicked, and they, they just got hot. And mm-hmm. every time the cowboy player had the ball, they were being tackled or pushed out of bounds immediately. And yeah. it just there was no threat from by, by that offense. They they were just like, hey, you're not going anywhere, okay? So I don't know what yeah. you're doing. So I, it I totally matter agree. If they're, if they're by the sticks or not. Yeah. yeah. Some some other guys that I thought that really really stood out, and we we've talked about him before and you know what we said earlier in the season is you know what guys logan thomas looks like a legit number two tight end he might yeah not so fast he's going he's going right here he's going right here i mean he's He's, a legit starting tight end right now like what he's doing is really impressive also ian thank you for benching him on your uh, fantasy league this week (laughs) oh would i have won 
Uh, if you would have played him and I think uh, Aaron and you had someone else on your bench who scored like 21 points, you, it would have been closer. <laughs> well, but, uh, this one, the, the PMIC is a wash. Like I had, <laughs> I had five people that were on either a buy or IR. It was what it was. Okay, I thought you were <laughs> dead though, because <laughs> I was like, well, Ian, it, Ian's now. I couldn't have made the playoffs. I couldn't have made the playoffs. I know, but so you're still not one to set a lineup. Well, no, but I'm the number one seed in Bruising Dudes, so. Yeah. But I was like, <laughs> hey, that's that's an important one, right? I was telling yes. Megan, I was like, Ian hasn't set his lineup yet. I'm kind of worried about it. No, I I oh. looked at it oh, wow. the day before, and I was just so fucking mad, and I was just like, I was like, you know what? No. <laughs> well, thank you. You helped me bump up to the five seed. Yep. So I um, you did help him. N- nine catches, ninety-eight yards, one touchdown. Yeah. And blocks, dude. He's throwing blocks. He he can. Left I mean, he's right. a what is he six six two fifty former. I mean, former quarterback. I mean, this. The fact that he was a quarterback is insane. And, and stop calling. <laughs> we got to stop calling him before the quarter former quarterback because he is a legitimate tight end. And I saw something on yeah. Twitter earlier. He's still taking at, snaps for us though. Look at the highest paid <laughs> uh, tight end, Austin Hooper, and look at uh, uh, two hundred eighty yards. <laughs> 280 yards. Uh, you, we really again that goes, you know, that speaks volumes about again this organization going in the right direction. Not yep. signing players like Austin Hooper, who in my book was always overrated. You know, we got a great quarterback, or excuse me. I, let me just toss that word that word great around like it's nothing. We have a <laughs> good quarterback like Matt Ryan. Like, you know, of course numbers are going to be inflated too. I mean, Austin Hooper, I mean, you literally avoided a mistake. By not uh, signing him, and our biggest one of our biggest needs in the offseason coming into this year was tight end. Yeah, and Austin Hooper seemed yeah. like the slam dunk, no pun intended. But here we are finding a guy that you're paying what, maybe five million a year? Not even. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's I feel like I feel like affordable contracts are the backbone to a successful NFL team because they can't. I mean, they're going to have to pay a couple stars, but you got to get, um, you know something really special out of these, you know, lower, you know, lower yeah, needle moving signings. Built, the JD McKissick, the, the Logan Thomases. Yeah. Like with, we, we scoffed at both of those signings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both of them. And now mm-hmm. Kyle Smith and Ron Vera laughing in our faces saying, look, this, I mean, this is exactly what we needed. And this is what we're doing with it. And this is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this is Logan Thomas's second or third full season playing this position. And I know we mentioned Cam Crow getting better every single game. Logan Thomas is getting better every single game. Oh, yeah, of course, man. He was on the verge of getting, when he was with Buffalo, I was pretty sure he was like maybe the second or third tight end on that roster. And whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, then you, he moves on to Detroit, you know, has a, a whatever. And then here you are. And now you got a guy who, came, who got drafted as a quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. You know, into a tight end, and now here we are, man. I mean, the guy is—he, you know, that catch where he didn't score. Um, it was like oh, he, he got tackled. He was one. so I close. Mean, that's a tough. That's a tough catch. That's a tough yeah. catch, and he brings those in all the time. I mean, the one-handed grab. I Oof. mean, it seems like this guy every week, weekend, we got out for the last several weeks, is just you know, Alex Smith safety net. And the first down that never was, which was a first down, which, which was a first down. <laughs> I don't know how that was not clearly a okay, first down. I'm so glad each one of you had that exact reaction. <laughs> like, oh my I was, I was screaming. How was in the so fuck was that not a first down? What's the point of instant replay if you can't get that right? <laughs> if you can't get the instant replay right, here's the <laughs> ball. Yeah. They had multiple angles too. 
and and what's his name? Uh, Burkhardt and Moose were both like, yeah, it's clearly a first down. And then they called yeah. it. I was like, what? How is that? They have the little camera they, now they, in the yardstick, and you can see right down the line. And we know his knees pretty, not down or touching out of. It was. He was like, a, oh my god. There was like a. I'm and he caught that ball like eight yards short of the short short of the stick. Yeah. Eight yards short yeah. of the stick. Made made four effort. people miss. Well, made one person miss, and then went through three other people. I mean, effort, man. That's effort. And, and you know what, man? Driving back home to the point where you know what wins us this game, stuff like that, is that effort. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Going into going into Pittsburgh, you know, we said it. We said everything about what needs to be said with that. But I mean, effort plays a you know a part in that as well. You know, and plays like that are indicative to a team that wants not only wants to win, but a team that's not going to sit down and lay because of someone's record and a team that hey, we are fighting for a playoff spot. And hey, who knows what could happen? You know what I mean? Especially when you got a <laughs> when you got a defense like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's all the time. Defense wins championships, and that's just that's true. Just Absolutely. True. And then, so we saw. I feel like Logan Thomas has very much been the beneficiary of uh, defenses that are basically diverting all of their attention to Terry McLaurin, and as they should. And really, this was if you want to. We've we've talked about Kim Sams a couple times on this podcast, but he had a game five catches for ninety two yards, and that really you know that one handed catch that basically was the deciding factor in it. I mean, this guy has really really emerged and and scratched and clawed his way. Um, to be wide receiver number two. I mean, I don't know how many times he's been cut and put on a practice squad and put back on. Then, then he's just a gunner. I mean, he he has really, really taken advantage of this. And, I mean, he's going to have plenty of opportunities because everything's going to be focused on number 17. Absolutely. You know, it's BYOG in the, um, in the Washington football team organization right now. What did Dabo say? Bring your own guts, right? <laughs> and that's what's happening, man. I mean, that play with Cam made – where I think it was a uh, screen catch. Yeah, screenplay. Oh, yeah. It, it, I mean, <laughs> like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, this play's going nowhere. Yep. Here we go, 33 yards down the field later. And he's done that a couple of times, man. I mean, awesome, that dude. guy, yeah, that guy, we might have one. We might have one on our hands as well. At least for Undrafted second, guy. third option. Yeah, you know. Um, how, how, how long have we been asking for a big playmaking type receiver? You know, he's 6'5". He's lean, a good though. blocker too. A lean, a good blocker, fast. When did we sneaky fast? When did we draft Josh Doxson? Oh, <laughs> oh my god! So since before that, yeah. Look at Bobby's face. Bobby's biggest fear just came through. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would be. I, I hated Ryan Grant more. I'll, I'll, I'll give him credit. I saw yeah, somebody I, wearing a fourteen jersey the other day. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> better be back. Do we don't talk about him. <laughs> um, you know, when going like we talked about this many times, like what are the biggest needs going into next year? And we've said, oh, we definitely need a wide receiver to pair a Terry. I mean, we tried to we offered Amari Cooper a hundred million dollars this past offseason. I mean, we we asked on a number of times, please trade for David Njoku or please trade for OJ Howard. Get us another tight end to give Dwayne another weapon and, and see what he can do with it. And then, you know, Logan Thomas and Cam Sims have really made the, the best of the situation, leaving just really left tackle being, I mean, with the exception of quarterback, obviously, but really being the primary need going into the offseason. And the O-line has played well. Yeah. I mean, hey, Wes Schweitzer was another find. Like, these guys are pulling – they're pulling shit out of their ass right now, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially over there on that blind side, Cornelius Lucas the third. I mean – 
Like what? Like, really? Who? <laughs> I, because that blindside for the longest time, obviously, since you know Trent, the whole saga with Trent Williams, it has been a mystery to say the least. And it's like every time a you know quarterback lines up behind there, you're just literally worried about that. But I mean, Cornelius Lucas, like, can't can't say enough. You know, I think Alex may take a little more too many hits in my liking, but still, yep. he's upright. I mean, he's making plays. Oh, what? Like, sure. for what? Yeah, forty five. 45 uh, attempts, you know, I'll take yeah. that. It means you're upright at least. They only yep. they only sacked him three times, and I say only because think of their defensive line defense. against yep. our offensive line. Like that was, and I think at least two yeah. of them were because Alex held on the ball for way too long. Yeah. Uh-huh. One of them he had no chance, but the other two he was just holding on. He was just padding too much. Yeah. It, it, was, that, it was that one sack or the, the blitz where they just had him outright. Yeah. And that's fine. But besides that, he he had happy feet a little bit, and he didn't know what to do with the ball. First half, Alex dud. Besides yeah. the besides taking the ball off the field to end the half, and then second half, Alex stud. Well, so Bobby, Ian, and Ray and I were texting during the game. I mean, this was when it was fourteen to nothing, and we cool were guys, you Alex was just getting wrecked. And I mean, we thought that. this game was going sideways. And I'm, I wrote, I I said, hot take. I was like, if this keeps going the way it's going, like put Dwayne in. Like I don't want to see Alex get like. Uh, I'm still scared about it, and like we, our offense hasn't even passed the 50. Yeah. And it, yeah. it, it's not even oh, that. Boy. It's not even that for me anymore, Tom. Like I, I think that just goes without being said, right? Everyone understands the situation with Alex Smith and his leg, and mm-hmm. everyone kind of has that weird feeling in his in their gut when you see him play football. And hey, like should he be out there? But to me, it's just like, especially that first half was like. How is this guy giving us a chance to win? He can't throw the ball twenty yards down the field. He can't move out of the pocket. Um, he's at, he's got a happy feet, like Ian said. All he's doing is check down Charlie, and even then, he's missing them a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And then he completely told me to go eat shit when he came in the second half and was dropping dimes, although mostly to running backs. But that's fine. He looked he even played a lot better. Hey, no one's better at throwing the running backs than Alex Smith. Come I mean, on I, I, with this running back war, assuming Antonio Gibson's healthy by the end of the season and can come back, and, mm-hmm. and the way J.D. McKissick stepped up last week, I'm okay with that because that opens sure, up yeah. Terry. That's going to open up Cam Sims. Def- That's going to open up him. Thomas. He takes what the defense gives him, and it's just it, and it's very uh, evident in that fact, especially in the second half. We don't give enough credit to Scott Turner. No. Scott Turner has – He's learning too. He's young also. It's getting like, better. Everybody is learning and everybody's on a learning curve and it's just yeah. going up and up. Ian, guys are open in this offense. They are. And you know what? We see it more now with Alex Smith as quarterback than Dwayne Haskins. So I'm going to I'm gonna ask you something. Ask you all something. Is Scott Turner doing too good of a job? How so? Like, are we going to lose? Is he going to get a head coaching gig eventually? Nah. Eventually? I don't Yes, eventually maybe, will. but not. He's not. He's not. Because we've already. I know. We've already experienced this. We got at least two years. <laughs> yeah, he's not the next McVeigh <laughs> okay. in terms of. You know, his and, name's not that. We we thought we had another. We thought we had another two years with McVeigh. Then look at him now. Yeah, but that was because of his age, not because of his talent. And it's because he's handsome. And his looks, yeah. Yeah, and that's just <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you young, you white, you handsome. Also, this is only. <laughs> Clingsbury, <laughs> there might be there uh, might I, be parallels. Know, I, I think Turner stays, man. I mean, again, like 
you know, some of these guys, hey, the money talks, like, of course I get that. But, you know, some of these guys aren't built, they're better OCs, and we've seen that all over the league. Oh, the guys are better OCs than they are head coaches. And I think, you know, Scott's got some uh, pedigree there with his dad being North and whatnot. And so I'm sure North in the air is like, hey, look, you know, tell him, like, you know, hey, maybe this is what you're more cut out. I don't know, obviously. It could be a completely different story in the Turner household. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll, maybe his wife. It's right in there. But, you know, I think about the other OCs across the league, too. Guys like uh, Joe Brady, for example, out there in Carolina. I yeah. mean, that guy will eventually have a job at sure. before Scott Turner. But, you know, more speaking on the fact of uh, the job he's done, I'll be honest with you, it was driving me insane because it was just, I mean, the lack of creativity, which I saw week in and week out for the first five, six weeks, was just, I mean, for I mean, and you guys can speak on it too. It's like, frustrating, it was frustrating, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's stressful. You know, it's like you got number seventeen, and why is the ball not getting put into his hands? However, thank God we live in a country where I can change my opinion at any given Because I am here to say he's done a quite, he's done an exquisite job with the with the hands he's been dealt. You know, the hand that he's been dealt. You know, I mean, you may Antonio Gibson. At one point, he made me kind of be like, eh, this guy, what is he going to be to a guy where I'm like, oh, yeah, you can give him the ball. He needs at least have 25 touches. Feed him. Creating, and you're creating ways for him to get those touches. I mean, and again, like we talked about earlier, J.D. McKissick. I mean, J.D. McKissick, to me, was the afterthought when we signed him. Now, J.D. McKissick is first, if not second, in the league by running or catches by a running back. Sure. These things uh, matter, I, man. These things matter. And he's not predictable, which I appreciate. Like, yeah. I, I feel like Jay's offense was very predictable. Although when he had his horses in a row, like it, Jay's offense moved. Um, but I mean, it, like, I remember like when it was a running play in Jay Gruden's offense, it could not have been more evident that it was a running play. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like now they have like, I really credit where I thought I credit Scott Turner the most is he recognized that two of my most talented players in offense are McKissick and, um, and Antonio Gibson. Well, I don't care if they play the same same position. They're both going to be on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like that's kind of like next level analytics where, you know, if you look at basketball, you know, it's becoming more and more a positionless type of game because, you know, you're just putting talent and creating space and, and letting, you know, talent prevail in the, in the grand scheme of things. And I feel like the same thing is applying um, to what he's doing with our running backs and what he's doing with Terry McLaurin and, you know, creating plays for Cam Sims, a guy that was a, you know, a proverbial uh, practice squad player for two years. It's impressive. Guys, we've gone um, f- over 45 minutes of this podcast without mentioning oh boy. The, the all whites. That was. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Listen, you talking about. Woo. Yo, and credit to Ron and Jason and, and all of the above. They waited for a big game. Yeah. They, they all knew this is what the fans wanted. Yeah. They knew this is what the players wanted. And they surprised the players, yeah. And they surprised the players. They surprised us. Like, I, never did I think that oh, this year we would see the all No, I didn't think we would see it at least not until next year. Or until they had a no, name even. Even, even then. Like, Bruce has pounded into our heads that we're never going to fucking see the all-whites ever again. I'll never understand yeah. it. You cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, like, I never understood that rationale, like, the all whites, they get me hyped. None of they us get do. everybody. Oh, man. I, I asked that exact same question, Ray. I was like, what, what, man, why? Like, what, you, what could your actual rationale be? What do you gain at? Burgundy or Burgundy. 
Yeah. He's like, you know what? I just hate my fans. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I hate them. I, I want them to fucking suffer. Yeah. And I want you to 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 plead to me. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> when you guys saw that we were wearing the all whites, what was your reaction? I was like, Oh my god. Well, Umo Umo said he's like, You guys are gonna win. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> shut Don't up. you do that. <laughs> Don't you say that. I just I just go in all caps, I go, God damn it. <laughs> and Tom's like, easy, Ian. Easy. Just reeling you back in. Nope, there's no pulling me back in after that one. Oh my god. Uh, I mean, uh, find me god. find me a Redskins fan that doesn't like the all whites. Yeah, find all me any fan white, who doesn't man. like the all whites. It's so right. clean. Right. I mean, it was a good look. I mean, <laughs> I, I have no else. I mean, hey, we and we want to end them too. So, like, going forward, this needs to be the the new normal. Like, don't get me wrong, the white and the burgundy's fine, but it needs to be all white here on out. Yeah, for a wager these. You hey, know, the, I, the the Nets wore the same uniform for their entire playoff <laughs> run. Yeah, good point. If it doesn't work, if it works, don't don't fuck it up. Yeah. Um. Okay, I was waiting for Porter to get back for pick'em results, so I'll wait for him to let's to uh, do that. Let's um, uh, touch on the um. Uh, where do we go from here? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so what shit. now do we do? I, I for <laughs> one, and I have said on this podcast, even in season, that I gave up gave up on this team in terms of going for the division. I was like, I do not care. I want yep. the draft pick. Yep. I am. Totally changed my mind. I don't care what the draft pick at all. I want the division. Because the major factor there is that look at all the guys we just mentioned. We just went in-depth on Cam Sims, Cameron Curl, um, Cole Holcomb, Logan Thomas, J.D. McKissick. We even have to talk about Terry McLaurin or Antonio Gibson. This team is more talented than we thought they were coming into the season. And I think that they're closer to competing talent-wise, than we thought there were. So I don't necessarily think that this team needs a top-five draft pick next year to continue building uh, as one. a reboot. I want one, but I would rather <laughs> be comp- I'd rather be paying, playing significant games in December. Sure. See, and that's I mean, kind of... The, the culture is greater than... Yeah. Yeah, So, but that's a conundrum because... One, I am so, so, so glad we lost to the Giants last year so we got the number two, number two overall pick Correct. and got Chase Young because I feel like Chase Young has set a precedent for this team and a level of accountability. I mean, we knew he was talented, but there is a level of accountability and, and just tenacity that he brings that I feel like he has just you know infected his teammates with. And so when you get a guy, a top five pick like that, I mean, it makes a cultural difference. So, you know, it's also I, a generation. I Type number yeah. two overall pick. Yeah, he's not a normal yes. top five pick. No, no, he's not. <laughs> Agreed. And he he's a guy that comes along once every 10, 15 years, if that. Yeah. yeah, and and Bobby, I think the reason why we wanted that pick primarily is because it, really, if you want to get your quarterback without having to give up a king's ransom like we've already experienced, I mean, you got to be in that top five to get him, and this is a really good quarterback class. Now, um, if we're not picking in the top five, top ten. You know, the we're not getting the Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and I think Trey Lance, that guy from North Dakota or whatever. But yeah. um, I mean, 
that's kind of the conundrum because yes, there's such a beneficial beneficial aspect to you know winning this division, and even if that means losing the first round, because of what that does for you know the the locker room, and you know they can experience meaningful December games and playoff games. Um, at the same time, I mean that's still going to kind of prevent <coughs> us from you know fixing our biggest problem, our biggest need, which is quarterback. Yeah, unless we can sign one, but you know, rarely does a premier quarterback come on the market. But I'm thinking also. I mean, obviously, ideally, you would have a premier quarterback. But I'm also thinking yep. maybe we don't need one. I mean, think of all these other teams sure. that are having success without one. Is Jared mm-hmm. Goff a premier quarterback? No, but he's probably going to win the division. He's already been to a Super Bowl. He's getting paid. Uh, so the number one overall pick, though. That's true. That's that's fair. But like mm-hmm. as I'm saying, like we don't need that type. Like we, I, 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 I think we can find a later first round quarterback or even, you know, we don't know what Jalen Hurts is. I think he's going to be trash, but we don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to be. <laughs> sure. Um, so I, I don't think, you know, a month ago when we're benching Dwayne Haskins and starting Kyle Allen, and then he goes down now starting a one legged mm-hmm. Alex Smith, I, I would have been like, Oh my God, we need Trevor Lawrence right now. Yeah. Now I'm saying this team is talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball where we don't need an elite quarterback for the next Season or two, you know, yeah, yeah, it's not an immediate need. I think we can I, get I, by yeah. and be competitive with this team. And also, back to your point about culture and roster, if you make the playoffs and you get a home playoff and win division, that is telling to me that's telling Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, mm-hmm. even Terry in his second year that this was all worth it, that we're going yeah. the right direction. That's going to want them to the stay. <laughs> Montez well, think Sweat. about that. Um, think about that. Um, the famous Marshawn Lynch run. The Seahawks won the division when they were seven and nine that year. And then they mm-hmm. went to the that's when that started their, you know, really, really impressive five, six year run. Um, was winning that division at seven and nine and having that upset playoff win against the Saints. And it really just set a standard. And, you know, I understand that that is could be considered anomaly, but I mean, there is a recipe that I feel like maybe we're following in, in that regard, which is you know, really exciting to see. You know, I, I have a couple ideas as far as what to do with quarterback next year. Um, you know, Sam Darnold's going to be looking for a starting job next year, uh, and he's not going to require that much. Sam Darnold, stay away from Washington, D.C., <laughs> sir. Hey, for, for a fourth-round pick, I'll take him for a fourth-rounder. I'm not going to pay him much. I, see if you're good. I, I think this notion – that we have all been affected by our entire lives that you need a top five, top 10 pick has gone out the window the last 10 years in NFL, because the truth is you don't. And especially when it comes to quarterback, man, every so often do you hit, you know, hit right with those guys in the top five. I mean, we've seen that year in and year out. That's not to say these guys aren't good. They get chosen first or in the first round or whatnot. But I'm completely okay. You win this division, which seems feasible based on you got the 49ers, Panthers, the Seahawks, and the Eagles. Um, and, you know, middle of the road, hey, that gives us time to address another need that sure. might, you know, you know what I mean? And again, you know, with that being said, how are you saying the Seahawks, you know, kind of riding that momentum of like, that cultural change and whatnot with that 79 record going to the playoffs and being the Saints? I mean, hey, they may have Russell Wilson at the time. I'm pretty sure I was. Was that Matt Hasselbeck handing out the ball and whatnot? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And again, you know, they and they've rolled ever since. They haven't had a pick in the top 15 since that time. Yep. You know, and I feel like the same thing can happen here. Mm-hmm. You know, again, 
let's be different and make our own recipe, but it's nothing wrong with drawing up the blueprint and what we're doing uh, going forward with the cards that we have. To that but point. I, Ray, I, Ray, I really want Justin Fields, though. I know. Me, trust me. <laughs> me too. Now that I'm, a, oh, I'm an Ohio State fan by, by association with Sorrell being from Columbus, Okay. You know, I've been watching OSU games for the last two years. I mean, that guy, you're talking I'm about really want him. But to Ray's point about not needing a top quarterback mm-hmm. to compete in this, like, look, I mean, who was the last top, you know, one, two, maybe even three, top five quarterback taken who won a Super Bowl? It's it's only the list of the Manning brothers, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mahomes last year, no. Brady, obviously not. Philadelphia, Carson Wentz didn't play in that game or the whole last quarter of the season. Uh, Brady again, Manning with the Broncos, Brady, Russell Wilson, Joe Flacco was as, as an 18th overall pick, Eli, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Big Ben. I mean, it just doesn't happen as often. You don't need that type of quarterback to to win this league. You need a defense like they the have. Paradigm shift. Yeah. I want my cake and I want to eat it too. Tom, when have you ever been able to do that at a, as a Washington Never. football fan? Never. <laughs> Never. Greedy, man. Matt, okay, well, how about give me Matt Stafford next year? Oh, now, see, no, that's I'm good with Alex Smith. What about Tyrod Taylor? Like Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. With I am good with Alex Smith as a starting quarterback for 2021. Tyrod Taylor wouldn't be bad either. However, we have a uh, UCLA. Alex Smith is what now? Nine and five? Like nine and four? Alex Smith does not lose with this team. <laughs> He is the only winning quarterback that we've had in a decade. And he's yeah, coming back league. off of a fucking 17 surgery. More so than Kirky? leg amputee leg. And he, he's also doing this without his escapability that he used to have. Like, he does Correct. not have the he same bounce in his step as you would expect. And, and I he's doing it with, Kyle, with Kyle Allen, too. I mean, I, I liked what I saw from Kyle in, in a limited sure. sample. Yeah. I, and also, they're win. also talking about not giving up on Dwayne either. <laughs> or what yeah, if we uh, Rogers took grooming as well too? What Rogers by far for a good what three years if I'm not mistaken, uh, two or three, yeah. Was it yeah, Dwayne? yeah, you know. I mean, I'm not saying Dwayne has to be Aaron Rogers. Do not get me wrong. I be <laughs> saying that, but sometimes when it comes to the maturation of quarterbacks, that either either you have it as soon as you get in, or it takes a few years. For you to develop it. Now, I'm not saying the way he has to come out here and, you know, overtake the job and then, you know, work great for the next, you know, 10 years. But it's something to definitely look at. I mean, depending on if Dwayne's going to be patient or not with the organization. I mean, he's really got no, you know, you know, nothing to sound bleak here, no pot to piss in. You know, you're just, <laughs> listen, it's what I've seen from Dwayne Haskins, and it's not a slight to the young man, but the fact is this. As what I see versus from what I've seen with Alex Smith to what I've seen with Dwayne Haskins, I mean, it's night and day. And hey, you're running the same offenses, offenses. You know what I, I mean? And so, I, I will say I appreciate how Dwayne has taken this benching. I yeah. feel like he yeah. he has needed a giant slice of humble pie, and he's. I feel like he has taken this like a professional, which I appreciate because a lot of you know the concerns about him aren't you know, his physical attributes, it's, you know, his ability to, you know, lead a team and be a professional quarterback. And um, I feel like he has taken this demotion uh, much better than I would have anticipated. Yeah. I would not now, whether it's for show or not, we don't know, yeah. but I think it, it looks to be 
genuine mustard like it, it looks to be con- very genuine yeah because we yeah. were worried when he was first benched you know that whole saga of him you know not showing up for practice and then didn't go to the game oh he was sick but was he actually sick though you know it was mm-hmm. like weird we were yeah. all like oh god this kid is super immature and doesn't know how to be a professional mm-hmm. now we're hearing a lot better stories that he's the first one there he's staying late he's mm-hmm. not leaving alex smith's side you know kind of like we talked about um with um uh well Formerly Darius Geis following Adrian yeah. Peterson around, but you know, the same concept. Well. No, it did not. But the same concept is there. You you follow the the veteran guy who has had success in this league, and you do everything he does. And we'll get into Russell Westbrook, but you know, uh, Coach yeah. Brooks did the same thing about Russell Westbrook coming. He's like, you see that guy over there in the gym two hours before practice, Rui, mm-hmm. Troy Brown Jr. Everybody, you do exactly what he does. Yeah. I think what happens is beginning to understand too is that being a professional quarterback doesn't mean you're a starting quarterback. Being a professional quarterback includes you. It's a, it's an interview every day you come to the facility mm-hmm. for what's going to happen with the right now, but also your future. You know, I think someone got in his ear and kind of again kind of humbled him for him to mm-hmm. understand that that nowadays, listen, everything you do after this. It's going to be magnified tenfold. And so now you need to prep yourself, whether it's for this team or for another team. Are they making the right decision? And, hey, whether it's genuine or not, at least we can say here today and really be, like, you know, comfortable for what he's doing. I mean, from the picking up Alex Smith uh, a couple weeks ago when he got knocked on the turf to just, like, just being there and seemingly being engaged on the sidelines. You know, yeah. I think he finally realizes that, hey, being a professional quarterback does not always mean you're the starting quarterback. Yep. Well said. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I, I'm i really curious what, what we're going to see with him next year. And I, I've asked this question to Ian and Bobby twice now this NFL season. Is the starting quarterback for the Reds – or the, for Washington Jar. in 2021 – yeah, is the starting quarterback for the 2021 Washington football team, is he currently on the roster? And when I first asked that question, we said yes. The second time I asked, we said no. <laughs> so I'm going to ask again. I, yes? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I think I, they're, they're going to start camp with all three of these guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'll go with yes, too. The only way, yeah, you start camp with all three – We'll see where Matt Stafford's had Matt Stafford's head at um, coming into the Lions training camp. Because I firmly believe if you can't, I mean, man, it's just really hard. That's a loaded question, actually. It's just yeah. it's, 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 it's not an easy question to answer. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. Because you go out, if Alex goes out here and wins the next four games, and you even win a playoff game on top of that. Jesus. Wow, Alex Smith is 36, 37. I mean, do you? I, it's just, I just, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, you know, I'll have to come back on another time to answer that question. At an hour and two minutes, never forget, Ray said, if Alex Smith wins a playoff game this year. All right. What about if we fleece the Cowboys and sign Dak? I mean, no, I'm, I'm not paying a quarterback $40 million. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not paying him that much either. Ankle injury. He's looking for at least thirty-five. Would you pay him thirty-five, Bobby? No, I just said we don't need a top quarterback. Why would I pay a top value for a quarterback? Hey, he's back. There he is. He's back. There he is. Finally. 
If oh, we hit the over, it's 100% Porter's fault. Oh, hey, what, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You just checked your phone, then. <laughs> so, now that Porter is back, we're going to do go over our pick'em. That was a solid hour Washington football talk. I appreciate it. I enjoyed every single second of it. Thank you for giving me this outlet. Um, Victory Wednesday. <laughs> of course. Um, all right. So here were last week's winners. Week 13, there is somebody finished in first place with 12. Damn it. That is Megan Healy. Damn. <laughs> Always. Damn. Then, second place, there is a one, two, Three-way tie. Bobby, Ian, Cookie, all with 11. Cookie's hot recently. Mm -hmm. He is. Then there's a one, two, three, four-way tie with 10. Tom, Porter, Umo, Daniela. Last, Emily finished with nine. So here are the cumulative standings. Uh, Right now, Tom, first place with 131. Bobby and Ian are tied with 130. They're one behind me. Let's go. Here we go. Megan Healy has made quite a comeback. (laughs) She is in third place with 128. Hot hand. Hot hand. I'm riding that hot hand. You said 128? 128. Yeah, she's only two behind. Uh, Following, Porter, 125. Then there is a tie with Stupid. 123. Umo, Cookie, 123. Daniela has 121. Emily has 96. So um, the three storylines I wanted to go over um, is the first one, Bobby. Oh, my God, New York Jets. Greg Williams calling a, uh, I believe it was a cover zero blitz with cover zero six, all out blitz. I mean, that's how you get, that, uh, was, that's how you get fired. <laughs> that is how you get Trevor Lawrence in the spring. Oh my God. That had to be an inside job, right? Like they told him to do that. Cause they're like, look, best case scenario, we get to Derek Carr and sack him. We win the game. Worst case scenario, we get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, I want the number one overall pick if I were the Jets, but I'm not going winless. If I'm a, if I like, play in that secondary, I am furious at him. I'm like, why would you put me in that situation? I, I mean, listen, the cornerback—I don't even know his name—that was over there. I cannot believe he fell for the route in which Henry Ross ran, where he kind of—it was like a double, um, a little double move, a right? double move, yeah, a double move. And I just like, what are you doing? I mean. Let alone, I mean, with Greg Williams did calling a cover zero blitz. I mean, he. I saw a video today seconds from Marshall where he said it earlier, where he's like, "This is during training camp." A fan acts like, "Oh, what's your favorite, um, your favorite blitz?" And he said, "Cover zero blitz." And here we are, you know, a year later, and he just mm-hmm. gets burned by it. But yeah, I mean, he wanted to get fired. You don't call that. No, no coach in her mind would call that, or no head coach would. But he does call that, that though. Deep. But not in that situation. Not in that situation. Five seconds. Greg Williams will call that at any time ever. How? I mean, one on one with Henry Ruggs. <laughs> well, yeah, first, so all you got to do is stay behind him. So, like, do I do, agree with the call? Absolutely not. That's the, one of the dumbest calls you can possibly make. But 
stay behind Henry Ruggs. You do, you're going to fall for a double move? Yeah. Let him catch the ball. Who cares? <laughs> what are we like, doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing? Well, also, I don't care what the call is. Your job is to stay behind him. Yeah. Yep. Well, well yeah. the other thing is how much is Adam Gase just the spineless person on earth to not say something? You're the head coach. He might be. He honestly might be the worst coach I have ever seen in my fandom. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of somebody worse. I mean, we've witnessed some pretty shitty coaches, Jim Zorn included. Like, yeah. good God, is this guy just a insult and disgrace to being a, you know, there's only 32 of these. How on God's given earth is he one of them? Yeah. Is that not like the biggest insult to Eric Bieniemy and, oh. like, and like coaches like that? Like, are yeah, you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. This guy yeah. gets a fucking head coaching job and keeps a head coaching job. This is a second because he coached the Dolphins before this. Team. Yes. The fact yeah. that he got another job was mind blowing. Well, yeah. I get why they're yeah, keeping I mean, him. That's... At this point, why fire him? I mean, he's just, he's. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Driving you, you right to guys the to, you, want guys, you want guys to be like playing? For, I mean, I, I don't know, man. You want like at least like some momentum. You don't want guys like Quentin Williams leaving. You know, CJ Mosley might probably even leave after next year. Yeah. And he hasn't played with them. I mean, you got guys like, it seems like at every, you know, turn there, they're like, I want out. You know, Jamal Adams got his way and got out of there. Le'Veon Bell. And yeah, Lev got out of there. And again, uh, this notion that the Jets are going to get Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence could pull some Eli Manning type <laughs> he stuff. He could. And be like, I- I'm not playing for them. Or just come back. <laughs> Need to fire Adam Gates almost uh, right now. Should have fired him yesterday. He'll be fired on uh, the Monday after. Oh yeah, what do they call that? Black Monday. Black Monday. <laughs> oh, he, he should be fired a, that a evening. A lot of coaches getting got. Um. All right. So just win, baby. One, which I wanted to bring up. I am. I am ready to eat crow. Yes. And yes. um. So I, I thought for a long time. Give that, it to me. I, I, I mean, we saw in 2017 how, how impressive Carson Wentz was. I thought he was well on his way to an MVP uh, trophy until he tore his ACL. And, you know, uh, Nick Foles goes on this historic run and the rest is history. And, you know, for a couple of years, I thought, uh, okay, he's coming back from an ACL injury that, that everyone recovers in a different way. Um, you know, that takes some time. And then the <laughs> Eagles have been just <laughs> decimated with injuries. <laughs> decimated with injuries. And, you know, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's throwing to scrubs out of nowhere. But, I mean, how bad Carson Wentz has looked. Um, I mean, I, I have – I got nothing. I got nothing else to say. I mean, he, he has been – he's got the uh, Rick and Keel level uh, yips. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that says a lot. You think it's yips? I don't think it's yips. I, I just think he's not good. <laughs> Please tell me more how it's much definitely correct. It's, 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 come on, Bobby. You know, you can't say he's that bad. You know, he's a good quarterback. He's never been. You proved that before. He had one good year. Okay, maybe two, his rookie year. Okay. 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 The, the physical, the physical tools are there. No, no, you no, put, no, you no. put any, I'm you put, you, you, you put Jalen Hurts behind that line. It's gonna be, it's gonna be trash. They have no, they have no right. receivers. Yes. 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 No, okay, that's it can be two parts of the conversation though. I, we can understand that their offensive line is trash. They're supposed to have good receivers, but they drop everything. Thank you so much for drafting Jalen Reger instead of Justin Jefferson. Draft him every Thank single you. time. Yeah. Um 
he has never been like accuracy was never his his forte. He was never an accurate quarterback. He had a power arm. He was supposed to be smart and athletic. So his accuracy is also again not an accurate quarterback to begin with. It's one of the worst it's ever been in his career at this point. So it's not like he has the highest rate of draw passes, but also of incompletions via not on target. So it's not that he's just uh, suffering from a poor cast around him. He's also not playing well. I don't know if it's yips. I just if it's yips. Are you saying that they're misusing aspect. him? No, I, I think there's a mental just wall because he has. We I don't. I'm not doubting his physical talent. I mean, he's six foot five and two thirty and has a can throw it a freaking mile. Yeah, um, it's good back there. It's you know it's the mental aspect. I mean, I, I, that's why I compared it to Rick Ankiel because you know Ankiel at one point had there was never a doubt about his physical talent. It's just there's something you know going on upstairs that he just can't get through. And I, I but, that's what I see on Carson Wentz currently. But. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I disagree with you, Tom. I don't think it's a mental thing. What happened was when Frank Reich left. Yes, you know that was a big thing, and it's kind mm-hmm. of one of the reasons why I think though they should. Or, you know, he, there should be possible trade to Indianapolis for Carson Wentz with Phillip Rivers only signing one year deal and whatnot. Um, you know, he looks bad back there. And like you said, I mean, it could be the mental aspect, but you don't throw 15 interceptions because you're just, you know, mentally out of zone. You throw 15 interceptions because you're not that good. Mm-hmm. And my honest, in my honest opinion and assessment. Of well, guy, what I was him. saying was his. I'm not doubting his physical skill set. I mean, he, yeah. he he's got a strong arm. He's got a big body. He's a good athlete. He can run. I mean, he he's you know if you're playing backyard football, he's going to be one of your first picks. And and that right. was that's the point I'm I'm, I'm trying to make. Uh, yeah. And my Excuse point me. is that I, I think he. My point all along is that I've never doubted that he is a good okay quarterback he can be an and he is one of the best he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks on the planet right he is an nfl starter <laughs> but he is not a perennial mvp candidate he is not a top five quarterback he's not the next aaron Rodgers. the, now, the forget, eagles are so screwed <laughs> they're so screwed they owe him so much money over the next five year, or four years I, I I cannot yeah. get enough of this. I want to eat it every single day. How much the Phillies or or not the Phillies, the Eagles are just even the Phillies are are, are going down the toilet too. But the Eagles are just yes. in so much crap right now because of this contract and how Carson Wentz. I think Doug Peterson honestly ruined him. He just tried to be too cute. Like Ray said, it's the same. It's not like he has the yips because something changed. He's been in the same system with the same head coach his entire career. So nothing changed from 2017, his almost MVP year, to now. I, so, I, I can't blame it on Yips. So what is it? Like, is it just, just flat out? He's just not good. He's not that like, good. And his cast, which is supposed I, to be good, isn't that good around right him. now. And I fucking loathe the Eagles. Who can you put back there right now to where they do that much better than what Carson is putting up? I, I don't, I mean, on their roster? Outside, I mean, outside of a top five you need quarterback. To like Aaron you Rodgers. Some, oh, good, sorry. Outside uh, of like, what? No, so especially no. mobile quarterbacks, John Watson, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes. Who who can you put behind that line with those with their weapons? No, no, yeah. nothing. Nobody, nobody, nobody that you could trade for. Say it again. Nobody that you could trade for. Yeah. Like none of those guys are going anywhere. Yeah, I, no, I, again, I, that's a part of the conversation. I'm not. This is. I'm yeah. not saying this is entirely Carson Wentz's fault. Obviously, yeah. their 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 offense is is terrible this year. That's partially. Yeah. Uh, due Which to is injury fantastic. and all, yeah, I love it, but also partially due to Doug Peterson's fault. But at some point, you're an NFL quarterback. 
you know, it comes with the position. The blame's going to fall on you. And if you, yeah. it'd be one thing if he was actually putting up decent numbers and they were still losing. You know, if he didn't have the 15 picks and they were still mm-hmm. losing, or if he was an accurate quarterback, but the drops were still there. That's one thing. But everything matches up where he is not playing well himself. Yeah. What's going to, how does this end for him? I mean, he just got benched. He's, what is he, the highest paid quarterback in the league or one of the highest? Uh, fourth, I think. Um, second overall pick. Uh, you know, he was considered to be the, you know, the face of the franchise, the savior to the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, this has been just an absolute fall from grace. Ray, excellent point about Frank Reich leaving. And then Doug Peterson, he might be out of a job after, after this. I mean, he has, yeah, with, with I mean, from winning a Super Bowl to just. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, I was reading something where he's had the worst three-year um, regression and NFL history, I, I believe it's in NFL history, or of the last like thirty years. But this is like he's Mike, still one that he's like Mike McCarthy. Year. He did Say again, he, before that. <laughs> he's they they made the playoff three years in a row. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, he's on like a. Uh, he reminds me of Mike McCarthy. Ooh, ah, ooh, yeah, that's <laughs> you love to see it down there, though. Love it. Uh, Stay as long as you want. Ian, do you want to salivate? <laughs> if the Eagles cut Carson Wentz after this season, that's a seventy-four million dollar dead cap hit. That's just seventy-four million dollars just sitting in dead cap. If they cut him after next season, it's only only thirty-four million. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's just, I mean, that's remarkable. Like you're talking about fumbling the bag. <laughs> that you is love so to see it. You love to see it. You love- yeah, and then the Cowboys got Mike McCarthy down there for six years. <laughs> for six fucking years. Okay, <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be gone after this year. I that is one of that is one of my takes of Black Monday. I think he gets fired. What was and his contract though? No, I think he has. I think he goes at least two. <laughs> I guess he was working know. with Jerry. Jerry Mike. If, if Jason down. Garrett goes fucking however long he went, right, it's for five years. Wow. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I just think Jerry Jones is like you can almost get see it in his face, even behind the mask, yep. that it is <laughs> you we I just spent ninety million on a what, a middle tier running back, um, another hundred million on the outside for a guy who doesn't even have seventy catches yet this year. And then I got a quarterback that's asking me for a forty million dollars. And now I gotta post <laughs> that time for two million dollars a year for six years. Something's not adding up <laughs> besides the amount of checks I got to sign off for or the zeros. That's the I only think, thing that's adding up. And then the Giants head coach is a great. special teams coach. Uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Mike McCarthy as long as you want, one. my friend. It's their defensive coordinator that looks good. Joe I Judge agree is, with that. Joe Judge has been, eh, he's fine. We'll see. Um, yeah, we'll does. see. It's, it's year one. Yeah. But either way, I, I'm eating crow. I will finally admit, I kept on saying, well, he has everyone's hurt. Give Carson Wentz a benefit of the doubt. He no longer gets the benefit of the doubt. He is, uh, ain't it. I, I, I texted Bobby a while ago. I conceded. I concede. Uh, I will. I will gladly see, concede because this is a good thing because we yeah, want to lose and everything. So, <laughs> and, and also, Bobby, I am so glad you are correct. I, I am too. I love it so much. Uh, <laughs> Google, you were not correct. <laughs> Another thing about Carson went as a, you know, the, the supporting cast isn't as good as we thought, but also to a certain degree, if you're supposed to be number two overall draft pick, this perennial MVP, 
at a certain level, aren't you supposed to elevate the talent around you? Right. Make it work. Make it make work. it work. I mean, Jalen Rager is still a top twenty draft pick or ish. Horrible pick, but still I mean, tough. yeah. I mean, I mean you, not who I would have taken, but forget, make it work. Let's not forget the two tight ends in Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, who are yes studs. You know, those are top fifteen tight ends in my book, at least. You know, and you've seen. I mean, Ertz was his favorite. No, Ertz has been injured at times, but regardless. I mean, there's talent there. He's still, he's, yeah, there's talent there. You know, hey, it's unfortunate that you have to throw a ball to an Alshon Jeffrey that couldn't even, like, you know, get off a route. But, you know, hey, that's just the way it is. You know, you got a speedster and Jalen Rager who, that's just a myth. He's just Nelson Aguilar 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got a guy in Travis Good. Fulgham who, you know, had uh, a stretch where for three games he was killing it. Then yeah. they strapped him up. Yeah, he's done. I mean, he's not done. No, he's done. You know, you look around at it, it's not looking pretty for them going forward for the next couple of years. Anyone you know? And again, oh. anyone else on the Zach Ertz to DC train? No. I'll take it. I would take. I mean, as a number two price. to Logan Thomas. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Ooh, no. yeah. <laughs> he wants out. Let's not fall too much in the love of Logan Thomas that we're just going. North <laughs> north. No, I'm talking about age with Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is he, he's old now. Yeah. He's He's, he's not that number one. I, I will take an up-and-coming Logan Thomas Zachary's, to try and build off of it. Zachary's just right turned price. 30. <laughs> Fuck. Miracle. <laughs> one, year away, one year ago, he was he had 100 catches. Yeah. Like, 30 years old. He just turned 30. Like, yeah. He's a fresh 30. Yeah. Um, it felt like he's been destroying us for like 15 years. Really, like yeah, ten catches. Tight ends per game. do that. Tight ends do that to us. Oh God! Um, Dude. All right. Dude. The last game I want to talk about. Um, it is good. Let's go Brownies. Nine and three, uh, drubbing of the Tennessee Titans. I know the the score look doesn't look as close as it really as it really was, but they won forty one to thirty five. Doing this without Odell Beckham. Uh, Baker Mayfield's playing really well. Having Nick Chubb return to that lineup has made a world of difference for uh, their running attack. Their defense is flying to the ball. I mean, Cleveland looks – we're going to see them in the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years. Uh, Ali Crow on this one, did, Ian called this a year or two ago. Ian stuck with the Brownies. So, I mean, I, I because of the Browns, I just never trust them, but they look legit this year. Ray, I, Ray we couldn't hear you. What were you saying? You lost your. Can't hear you, Peach. Nothing. Your AirPods die. AirPods might have died, but he can hear us. AirPods. Yeah, he can still hear us. Anyways, while we're waiting for Bray, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, the the Brad. I mean, they're. mm, What are they? Nine and three. You can hear us. You can hear us. We cannot hear you. Oh no! Shit. I would just unplug. They're wireless, Tom. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just—I've had that same problem happen to clients with the uh, the AirPods. I think it's the AirPods. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Okay. Um. Wow. What, oh, the Browns. Look, beat the Steelers to let me know you're real. Yeah. Uh, do they play? They don't play them anymore, do they? No, I, they play on Monday night, and like this week? No, two weeks. Beat the Steelers and let me know it's real because if not that jig is up because I know what's going to happen in the playoffs with you guys 
You know, I'm not going to take anything away from Baker and stuff like that. But that, you know, that game, looking at that game, I watched the game almost in its entirety. And I was just sitting there looking at Baker Mayfield or looking better yet at the Browns and how they were just coaching to keep the league. I mean, the Titans, yeah, I, I get it. The score wasn't indicative of, you know, of how, um, you know, of a blowout the game was. But you got to be a little concerned when a team puts up 30 plus second half points on you and you don't score a touchdown or you score one touchdown. That's not good for business. You know, if you want to make a statement, you go out there and blow the Titans out, just as we saw the Patriots do with the Chargers. So I don't, I'm the verdict to me, I'm, I'm still, it's still out for me when it comes to the Browns. That's why I put let's go Browns in a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> not sure. Um, all right. You guys ready for week 14 pick them? Yes. All right. So what we're going to do is Ian and Bobby, you guys tied and you're also tied with 130 cumulatively. Mm. So the week prior in all islands, uh, Bobby, you won by one. So I'm going to let you go first. All righty. So it's going to go Bobby, Ian, Tom, Porter, Ray, and then we'll just go back around. Oh. All right. You guys ready? Yes. Bobby, Thursday night, the Patriots travel to Los Angeles to play the Rams. The Rams are favored by five points. Rams coming off of uh, – was that – did they lose this past week? No, they, they beat did. the Cardinals. Oh, they did beat the Cardinals. No, they dominated. They did. You're right. I'm sorry. Um, they lost to the 49ers two weeks prior I to that. that one. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, Patriots 6-6 six and six that um, they, they look like they are – treading water a little bit and on the upswing, I would say. And uh, they got like a number of running backs. And then the Rams at eight and four, I don't know what team is coming out of the NFC West, but um, if I were to bet on it, I would say would probably be Los Angeles. Rematch of the worst Super Bowl of all time. Oh God, that was bad. (laughs) Um, Rams, Rams. Um, Patriots have to go back because they were just in L.A. and they weren't allowed to stay there because of COVID. And they had to go back and they're not coming right back. On a short week, Patriots. Uh, defense on defense. The, the Rams defense is just so fucking good. I'm, yeah, I'm going, I'm going Rams. I'm, I'm going to take... Oh. I, I saw I saw Ian's face and I felt like he he kind of wanted to take Stewie you, because I really did. I, they're coming I, off their really most did. their most dominant win of uh, of the season and I, I want to take them too, but it's in Los Angeles on a short week. Great defense. I I would have to say I'm going to go with Rams winning an ugly one. Patriots. It's going to be the under. Yeah, I'll take I'm taking New England. Um, I can't, you know, hey, one thing about Belichick, say what you want, but in December, that dude's cold. And, you know, <laughs> no, yeah, no pun intended. True. <laughs> that, that guy's cold, man, and he'll have those guys ready and whatnot. I mean, yep. you saw you saw a defense that, I mean, I get the short week, but, again, we talked about that earlier. Those guys, are when they, they get paid to be prepared. Um, short week or not, you got a team that just shut out uh, quite efficient offense and it's uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Rookie of the so, year, too. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, golf, I don't think golf's the best at reading defenses and coverages. Um, Belichick, expect Belichick to throw, you know, throw the kitchen sink at them. They got to play playoff football from here on out, you oh, know? So I think New England probably by three. 
Key word about this last week was rookie. Belichick has never lost to a rookie quarterback. That's why it was a guarantee he was going to beat Herbert. That's crazy. But McVeigh yeah. and Goff uh, is a different story. I get and it, look man. What he, look I, what I he did against Kyler Murray, too. Like, he, he – Yeah. He will allow Kyler Murray to get out of the pocket, kept mm-hmm. him in the pocket. Had they had to make them, uh, they had to make plays out of Phil, and they, you know, it's going to be defense for his defense. And then- I if if I'm in if I'm an AFC team and going to the playoffs, I do not want New England to make it into this um, this seven team bracket. That's for could sure. you imagine? Oh, I'd be so sick. <laughs> like, not again. Yeah. All right. Uh, next game we have the. What did Porter uh, say? The Porter say Patriots. I said Patriots. Porter said Patriots. Um, the four and eight Texans travel to Chicago to play the five and seven Bears. Both of these teams will probably have new head coaches um, come next season. The Texans are favored by one. Ray, it's up to you, buddy. I'm, I'm going to go Houston. Houston by uh, touchdown. Deshaun, good luck trying to stop him. He's not. Granted, they're not going anywhere, but he's on a mission to obviously prove himself. You know, so improve everything. You know, I, I, the guy's good. You know, the guys, and also not to mention, I think you guys like playing for Romeo Cornell. So mm-hmm. they continue the um, momentum they got. Is this in uh, Houston or Chicago? This is in Chicago. Uh, Bears. All right. Um, Ray, I agree with you. I'm going to go with Houston. Um, even though I know the Will Fuller uh, suspension is a, a killer, I believe he was suspended. Um, it is definitely a, a killer for them, especially in a contract year for him because he's going to get paid um, come the offseason. Uh, that said, I feel like the Bears are a complete shabingus. Um, so <laughs> I am going with the Texans. Yeah. Go Boykin. Uh, Ian, what you got? Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Texans. Deshaun's got this. All right. There's one good. On that yeah, the Deshaun was a fumble away from what they almost beat the Colts last week, right? Yeah, yeah fumble away. Uh, yeah, they played a they played a lot better since Bill O'Brien got gone. Yeah, I think I. I think they love playing for Romeo, like Ray said, and um, <laughs> and I don't know if I was on the island, but I picked the the Lions to beat the Bears last week. Because of Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky's gonna Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) You were not on an island, my friend. Yeah, Yeah, I actually did a parlay because of the Lions. Yeah. I actually made money on (laughs) The three people that picked the Lions last week were you two and Healy. The top three people from last week for a reason. So that was the deciding factor. All right. right, So next game we have the uh, three and nine Dallas Cowboys travel to the two nine and one Cincinnati Bengals. The Ooh. Cowboys are favored by three and a half points. Hilarious. It's only that much. Redemption. Exactly. Yeah. The over under is 42 and a half. <laughs> uh, That's it. Yeah. Redemption game for Rudolph, the red nosed red rocket, Andy Dalton. <laughs> they can still <laughs> score. Their defense is just trash, but I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Bengals. I literally couldn't tell you his name. So um, I have no idea who's Brandon uh, Allen. Brandon Allen, yes. Never hate of him, Cowboys. Uh, Did he play at Arkansas? Yeah, he did. Yeah. No relation to our Kyle Allen, but yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ian, what you got? Uh, Do I have to say it? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, the the, the, the red nosed rocket, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, what what Bobby said. I'm going yeah, Cowboys too. Um, I would say if Joe Burrow was playing right now, I would have picked the Bengals. One hundred percent. Yeah. All right, uh, Porter, Cowboys. Ray, what you got? Man, Cowboys thirty second ranked in defense, thirty second ranked in passing, thirty second ranked and rushing. I love it. Hold on, I'm, I'm Bengals pulling my pants down. Bengals by three. <laughs> Higgins and Tower Boy both go for a hundred plus. Higgins oh, can play. I, love it. I mean, hey, it's. It, I, I want to say the Cowboys, but just for sake of just argument, I just want to see them suffer. Also, AFC. <laughs> uh, what division is that? The AFC uh, North. Yeah, I mean, they pretty good record against the NFC East this year. If I'm not mistaken, uh, they lost two straight to okay. the Washington football team. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> All right. But that's the Washington football team you're talking about. <laughs> so I'll take the Bengals. Yeah, man. I'll take the Bengals. All right. So the next game I have here is the nine and three Green Bay Packers travel to Detroit to play the five and seven Lions. I have to imagine that is GB all the way around. GB for GB. Okay. Aaron Rodgers does many things well, and one of them is never losing to the Lions. So and, what's going to happen with the Packers next year? Because they to a Super Bowl ring. they <laughs> drafted a quarterback last year in the first round. Jordan Love. Are they going to sit him for another year? Yeah. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, <laughs> like, I guess. Aaron Rodgers on MVP status. I will pay yes. top dollar for Aaron Rodgers to come here. <laughs> That's you. You name the money. Yeah. You, you name it. <laughs> you can have it. I will get an Aaron Rodgers Washington football team jersey immediately. Packers oh <laughs> fans would be sick, along with our division. I don't care. Yeah. They had their Super Bowls. <laughs> right. All right. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to this game because I want to see how good this team is. As the 11-1 Kansas City Chiefs travel to Miami to play the 8-4 Dolphins, the Chiefs are seven-point favorites. And I believe that is um, – Ray? Ray went last. Ray, you're up. Yeah, so, so, sorry, <clears throat> but it's going to be – yeah, it's Casey. Yeah. Come on. Let's, let's not fill, fool ourselves here. Yeah, Kansas City. It's going to be Kansas City all around. But do they cover? That's the question. What's yeah, the spread? Seven. Right, seven. seven. Yeah, they cover. They cover. Yeah. Kansas City, right? Yeah. Dolphins defense, defense can play. Sean Bruins having a heck of a year. Yeah, a little underrated back there. You know, it, it's – I'm, I think we're all rooting for the Dolphins just because, I mean, I, I always root for the underdog in that regard, and I really I appreciate the process they have taken to turn over this team, um, and they are really set to, for success in the long run. Um, obviously, none of us are picking Miami to win this game, but I really want to see how they can – how they Stack go up. against, yeah. you know, the top, you know, top-tier team in the league, if not the best team in the league. All right, um, let's go, Bobby. The Cardinals traveled to New York to play the Giants. Six and six, Arizona Cardinals. Five and seven, New York Giants. Giants coming off a really, really impressive victory against the Seahawks. The Cardinals are favored by two. Was it impressive or was it disappointing by the Seahawks? It was impressive. Okay. Both. Well, yeah. either way. Because- that defense played out of their minds. Yeah, they played really well. You're right. 
But either way, because of that result, we as Washington football teams, football team fans, really need the Cardinals to win this game. We do. Um, We're scoreboard watching this. What is? I can't I mean, freaking believe it. Right? What has happened to this Cardinals offense? Like, beginning of the season, we were like, "Who the hell is going to stop?" Uh, Kyle uh, Murray, was Kyle Murray, and, and, and DeAndre Hopkins. I, I, I think. Man, both of these teams are still in their races too. Shit, they both need it. I, I think the Cardinals need it more than the Giants, so I'm gonna go Cardinals. That is my exact reasoning for picking the Cardinals. Yeah, especially, and I know we're all Colt McCoy guys, but I have to imagine if he plays again, I mean, that's really not going to be to the Giants' advantage. I'm going Cardinals. He's got light in a bottle once, <laughs> maybe twice a year. Yep, me too. All right. Ray, what you got? Oh, yeah, Arizona. All right. Next game, we got the um, six and six Minnesota Vikings travel to Tampa to play the seven and five Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks are favored by six and a half. Raymond? I'm going to go. I'm going to go Tampa Bay. Again, can't beat this guy in December. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And the great 12, <laughs> you know, he shows up. They got to win. You know what I mean? Um, what? I think New Orleans is up two games in the division, or if not three. If I'm not mistaken, they're 10 and three. Yeah. So Tampa has no other choice but to win. Got to keep pace. Tom is going to bring it per usual. Evans and the rest of the and rest of the company, Antonio Brown. Yeah. All Tampa right. Bay. Tampa. I'm going Tampa as well. You know, what's it's weird. I know it's going to be weird to see Tom Brady in a uniform outside of the Patriots to begin with, but he has been there. Are other there have been many games where oh, that's the goat, that's Tom Brady, that's the six-time Super Bowl winner, and then there's others. I'm like, oh my god, he's playing terribly. So he looks like he's 43 years old. Yeah, he's yeah. you know, Father Time is undefeated in that regard. Um, still, you know, Tampa is still the flat-out better team. And they have a lot more to play for than Minnesota at this point. So I'm going Tampa. And um, yeah, because I can't figure out the Vikings at all. Um, Ian, you're up. It's because they don't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going Tampa. I want, I want to pick Kirky so goddamn bad. Can you imagine two former Washington football team quarterbacks win? (laughs) Yeah, bro. (laughs) did it, I guess, already. Crazy. Porter, what you got? I'm sorry, Bobby, what you got? Bobby. I'm going – I want to pick Kirky, too, and I'm going Tampa, especially at home. And also coming off a bye. So now we have the 4-8 and Denver Broncos travel to Carolina to play the 4-8 and Panthers. I do not see a spread. Um. It looks like either. the. I see a matchup predictor on ESPN says the Panthers have a sixty-five percent chance of winning. Yep. Um, again, another team coming off a bye. I'm going Panthers. Ian. Panthers. Talk about a game that no one gives a shit about. <laughs> Facts. Who was it? Panthers. What? Broncos at Panthers. You know what? I'm actually going Broncos. I'm going Broncos too. Yes. 
I have played well without a goddamn quarterback. Then they came back and covered the spread hard against the Chiefs. Well, they're going to play the Chiefs hard because they're in division, and the Chiefs seem to struggle, and not struggle, well, quote unquote, struggle with teams in their division. Um, I have no faith in Drew Locke. I think he's kind of wildly overrated. Uh, Agreed. You know, so I'm going to go Teddy Two Gloves and McCaffrey <laughs> back as well. Uh, Porter, what did we get with you, bud? Panthers. Panthers. All right. <laughs> House divided. I mm-hmm. love Teddy. I just like the, the Denver defense more than I like the. Fair enough. Yeah, game. Riley Chubb's an animal. All Big right. So <laughs> next, I feel like this game will be easy. Ray, uh, the eight and four Titans travel to Jacksonville to play the one and eleven Jaguars. Yeah, Titans yeah. are favored by seven and a half. Yeah, Tennessee. Yep, Tennessee. So Tennessee all the way around. All right, Bobby. Good game here. Eight and four Colts travel to Las Vegas to play the seven and five Raiders. The Colts are favored by three. Shit. <laughs> Eat shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Fucking hate guard dogs. Oh, man. <laughs> Perfect. I, my heart says one thing, but my head says the other. Oh, my body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so high on the Raiders. They played so bad the last. Pretty bad. Three weeks. I mean, how do you, they should have lost to the Jets? They got actually no. They actually played well against the Chiefs, even though in, in a loss. Well, against the Chiefs in the last two weeks, they yeah. Jesus Christ, um, dude. Waller saved my ass last week with Slick. Not that it mattered, but he went off. Ridiculous. Talk about sneaky. One of the best tight ends in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Been saying it. Um, been saying it since since HBO's Hard Knocks. The moment they did a piece on him, I was like, that guy wants to actually play football. Yeah. And yeah. I and I drafted him and he killed it for me. And I missed the uh championship by by one. And he he got me the belt the first year. What was that? Two years ago. It was the first year we did fantasy for PMIC. It was seventeen, he, actually, I think. He lit it lit it the fuck up the entire time. Porter, I feel like every year you buy in to someone that's See, always one, knocks. and he hit, and he <laughs> hit hard. But how, how many hits are there versus non-hits? Well, how many other people can you draft? I mean, also, who was the other? No, no, not him. Who was the other one? Uh, when they did the Rams, uh, their wide receiver, what's his name? Cup. Cooper. Cooper Cup played Cup. out. Cup played well, out Cooper hard. Cooper was the man. He's awesome. Yeah, I know, but when he. Started and was on. Um, what was it? Was that his rookie year when he was on Hard Knocks? No, yeah, I don't think so. Don't well, yeah. <laughs> Waller's awesome. Uh, I like him a lot. He's not only a great football player, but a great human being. Humbled by his life experiences and grown as a human. Uh, I think he's dope. Don't he's ESPN us right now, <laughs> right? Like ESPN draft analysis guy. <laughs> Tom Rinalding the shit out of it. All right, Bobby, did you give me an answer? I did not. Uh, I, God, I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna pay so much for this. I'm picking the Raiders. Do it, Bobby. Raiders. Do it, Bobby. Raiders. I'm coming they, with you. They got. I'll, it'll they, be you and me. All right. We'll all make right, a Swiss Ian, family Robinson. We'll train one but, uh, butler monkey, but he'll get others. He'll <laughs> get <laughs> puppy monkey we'll baby. Oh, puppy monkey baby. Um, <laughs> Who was it? Raiders. Raiders and then Colts at Raiders. Who are you? Are you Porter? Colts minus three. <laughs> All right, um, I'm Colts going Colts as well. The Raiders are, the Raiders are yeah. garbage. 
I got the Colts too. Uh, so as long as you can contain Darren Waller, which he will be shadowed <laughs> all over the field. Yeah. I like Darius like- Leonard will be on him. Yeah. Colts Raiders got Raiders. a heck of a defense. Heck yeah. of a defense. Um, all right. Bobby, we got this. Relax. What did I do? Relax. You know what you did, Bobby. I- all right. So uh, I'm more of a sucker for the be- Raiders and the Redskins now. Jesus. The Falcons. This one will be easy. Falcons. Um, the winless Jets travel to Seattle to play the eight and four Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored by 13 and a half points. Oh my nice. God. 13 and a half cover. Yeah. That's the only question. This, yeah. Oh, easy cover. Yeah. 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 So should the Raiders. <laughs> you know what's going to happen, right? It was only seven and a half, Bobby. It was seven and a half. <laughs> So I put money on it. I was like, you know what? Revenge game. Just win, like, baby. They're going to come back. They're going to come back hard. <laughs> you know what they did? They're like, you know, we're the Raiders. Sorry. <laughs> the Raiders. <laughs> Just uh, win, baby. They did that. Don't worry. It's happening. And they won with speed. So that was the most Al Davis win. Of I know. Time. I know. That just, <laughs> it just validated Al Davis so much. Tom, what time is the Raiders game? Is that a four o'clock game? Yeah, four oh five. Fuck. Not a one o'clock game. Yeah, four oh five. You're right. All right, so that's Seahawks all the way around, I assume. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be right. Yeah. Next game, Ray, we got the New Orleans Saints, ten and two Saints travel to Philly to play the three, eight and one Jalen Hurts led Philadelphia Eagles. Well, how Saints. about this? Oh, good. Sorry, my bad. You... Saints are favored by seven. Taysom Hill, unbelievable. I had my reservations, but um, he's just picking off right where Drew left off. Um, yeah, Saints, definitely. I'll take the money line, but definitely the Saints. Saints. Don't do that. <laughs> Saints all the way around, guys? Yeah. Thomas? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going Saints. But I'm taking. I'm not just taking money line. I'm taking, fucking. I'm taking the spread. In the spread. Oh, fair enough. Oh, Philly God, covering. Yeah. Or, no, no Saints, Saints covering. Was it seven and a half? Okay. Yeah, they're, seven. They're, Jalen Hurts, I love you. Like, I, and I root for you. Like, honestly, I do. I, I, I want him to have a great NFL career. But to start his first start against probably the best defense in the league, like. That is recipe for disaster. Good luck. You're yeah, absolutely good right. Luck. You're absolutely right. And good the weather's luck. the weather's going to be crap too, so it's even more they likely his receivers are going to drop. <laughs> like, not only do they have a shitty O line, they have shitty fucking everything, and it's his first NFL start. Good, good luck. Like, they're going to bring the noise. Right. And I the think I, I can't believe I have more faith in Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hmm. All right, so Bobby, next game we got the four and eight Falcons travel to Los Angeles to play the three and nine Chargers. Oh, the Falcons are favored by two and a half. They have looked a lot better under Raheem Morris, who might uh, retain his interim title. Yeah, another who cares game though. Uh, but I'm going to yep. go. Ooh, Falcons. All right. You know, like my boy Justin Herbert. <laughs> Quack, quack. Who was it? Falcons at Chargers. Gee, you got it. <laughs> Sorry. Who was it? Who was it? 
<laughs> no, I'm good. Let's go, Raheem. Raheem's got it. Oh boy. We are not going to go. I'm, I'm not sure if Los Angeles can be shut out like they were last week. I'm going Chargers, which could might kill my lead or be otherwise. Porter. I mean, you can say they won't get shut out and still lose. True. <laughs> Chargers. All right, Ray, what you got? I'm going Chargers as well. Falcons defense is just some cheats. <laughs> it is. I don't know. The, the Raiders thought that too. <laughs> yeah, you and did. But, you know, you're right. You're right. You're right. We'll see, though. Ne- next game, we got the Sunday night football. Great game. 11 1 Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Buffalo to play the 9 and 3 Bills. The Bills are favored by two and a half, coming off a really, really impressive victory against uh, the San Francisco 49ers last week or a couple nights ago. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. Again, goes back to my point I was making earlier. Pittsburgh's too one-dimensional. And, hell, the Bills got more playmakers on defense than we do, especially at the cornerback spot, you know. Mm-hmm. So it goes without being said. Bills, hell, even by a touchdown. Okay. Quarter. Bills. Okay. Uh, I feel like the Bills are going up. The Steelers are going down a little bit. Uh, I'm going with Bills, especially it being in Buffalo. Let's go, Bills. We don't even have to ask Ian. <laughs> Only the Bills will win. <laughs> Bills Mafia. All right. Next game, we got the Monday Night Football. The 7-5 and five Ravens travel to Cleveland to play the 9-3 and three Browns. This spread is very interesting. The Ravens are favored by one point. Mm-hmm. See? Vegas knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bobby, what you got? Mm-hmm. This is a oh, – both teams come off a big win. Lamar's back, but this is a revenge game for the Browns. And not only do they need this to kind of kick the Ravens off their heels, but to maybe keep pace with the Steelers. I'm going Brownies. Okay. Sorry, Emma. Ian, what you got? That's tough. You know, I'd love to pick me some Brownies. But I think Brownies are riding too high right now. And I think Baltimore is fixing it. Yeah, I'm going Baltimore. I'm going to go Baltimore as well. I feel like their defense has played substantially better the past couple weeks. And um, I'm going with uh, – I, I expect the Lamar Jackson, he, he probably had his best game of, his, of the season um, a couple of nights ago. So I, I want to see him uh, repeat that. I'm going with Ravens. Baltimore, baby. Oh, man, it's hard. It's, I mean, Cleveland was able to shut down King Henry and the Titans. And you got to wonder. Now, granted, those are two different rushing attacks. Sure. You know, at least the optics of it. 
Yeah, I'm going Baltimore, man. I mean, you you <laughs> 285 yards of the ground is just it's absurd. ridiculous. Absurd. Yeah. It's absurd. And let's not forget, like as much as Lamar gets hated on with his arm stuff like that, I mean, there's a good chance you never know. You can find Marquise over the top. Because you know the Browns are going to be centered in, they'll stop in the run, and you know one of those play actions or bootlegs or something like that, and they're six to the house with Hollywood. So, I and again, I'm not a believer. I, I would love for Cleveland to you know finally do it. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool, and you know, but my heart really says I'm doing this for Umo too. <laughs> Go Raven. He says hi. He says hi. By the way, David. <laughs> right, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's <laughs> All that's right. Guy. So this almost two hours in. <laughs> our, the whole time, tell my sail I know. He's like, finally, Alexa, off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last game, guys. The five and seven Washington football team travels to Arizona to play the San Francisco 49ers. This is a coin flip game. The 49ers are favored by three. Ray. Yes. 49ers and who? Us. <laughs> Don't do that. Cool. <laughs> uh, he wasn't he wasn't doing a bit. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But then, <clears throat> we're gonna ride this thing until the wheels fall off. WFT. Halfway. <laughs> Halfway. Yeah, watch well, it. All right. What's, Ray, uh, what score, score are you us? projecting, Ray? Uh, I'm predicting a uh, it's going to be a 24-20 game. Um, expect special teams. Expect expect Dustin Hopkins to be kind of the uh, the savior almost how he was uh, last week with three made field goals. I expect him at two two and a half or whatever you want to call it. You know how Vegas would put it um, with the touchdown by McLaurin and a touchdown by McKissick. Hopkins deserves a shout out for last week and he Thanksgiving, does. by the he way. Does. You're he also won the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. He did. NFC. Mm-hmm. He said that. Oh, yeah, he said that. AFC. Yes, you got a problem with me? What? All right. <laughs> Porter, what you got? <laughs> Let's go, Washington. I think they're coming off high. I'm going to go 27 17. Our defense shuts them down. They're so fucking just hurt. Like, yeah. San Francisco is supposed to be really good this year, and they just imploded like we did for the last, I don't know, decade. So, sure. Two uh, decades. I think we take advantage of that. I think our so, defense fucking puts them on the field, you know, more, and they get more opportunities. Um, we get, yeah, that's what I think. So, we, they certainly have been maybe the most injured team in, in football. And uh, I mean, this is a team that had Super Bowl aspirations going into the season, obviously being the NFC representative uh, last February. So, uh, Bobby, Ian, Ray, I have a question for you guys. What is more important, me winning Pick'em or Washington winning? Washington winning. Washington. You winning Pick'em. Ray. <laughs> I, I want to see you happy, Tom. I will mute you on the spot. You'll be happy uh, if we win. <laughs> I would be much happier if we won. Um, yeah, so. Because of that, I will go San Francisco. You're a good um, man, Natalie. Yeah, whatever it freaking takes. Whatever um, it takes. Let's go 2017 San Fran. Uh, before we go move on, the craziest thing I have saw during that Buffalo Bills game and San Francisco game, Nick Mullins in rare company with Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck for the most passing yards through the first 15 games of their career. Al Shanahan. 
Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I, I, clearly, I was just beside myself. Wow, I would not have guessed that. No, me neither. That worries wow. me, though. I mean, at the same time, <laughs> they are getting more. I mean, they got Debo Samuel back. Brandon Ayuk is back. Um, I, I think Raheem Mostert just came back this yeah. past week. So they, yeah. they are getting healthier. So, I mean, it, it's it's a coin flip game for a reason. Yeah, fun matchup's going to be uh, – is Trent Williams healthy? Yes. Yeah. Chase Young oh, for wow. Trent Williams. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch. I cannot you know, Alejandro Villanueva did a pretty decent job. But, um, he did. I, I, you know, hey, like it would be nice, you know. I think someone's in Chase Young's ear, man. Like, hey, look, like let's let's it's see a, the Draymond Green fucking gift. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's you fucking uh, got this. You got this. You go to him. <laughs> so I, I predicted the 49ers to win twenty to seventeen. What is going to happen is in the last ten seconds of the game, Washington is winning seventeen to thirteen. And then San Francisco has a matriculates the ball down the field, and Nick Mullins passes to Jordan Reed to win the game because oh. we know what happens with you're him. sick, you're sick, <laughs> you're sick, you're a mad genius. <laughs> Unbelievable. The, see, the thing is, all of your reactions, like, yeah, that 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 check could happen. All right, uh, Ian. What's my exact score? It's twenty seventeen, but it's for the Washington football team, and I actually picked against them last week. I picked against them more often this year than I have in what. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> <laughs> for good reason. So I'm the exact opposite of Natalie. <laughs> like, I don't run. So I was thinking about picking the Niners, but I can't do it. Bobby, no. what you got? Uh, What's that face. Uh, you know what I want to do. I just don't know if I should. Well, actually, I feel a lot better knowing that Tom didn't pick the Washington football team. So happy to help, guys. Um, <laughs> it's a revenge game for Trent Williams, Jordan Reed, and Kyle Shanahan, though. <laughs> that does not bode well. And Kyle even said last year, "He's like, I don't give a fuck about that team. I'm going to beat the shit out of them every single time." So that True. that's that's cool. Uh, Washington football team wins the damn thing. Twenty. I'm going to go 23, 23-16. Interesting. All right. Defense that is stops it for So, all right. Uh, we are like two hours in, Bobby, aren't we? Uh, three minutes away. Uh, two minutes away, yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. So we're not hitting so, that under, huh? <laughs> um, no. There was a bombshell of a trade. Talk about a moment in which you'll remember where you were. John Wall is no longer a member of the Washington Wizards as he was traded to the Houston Rockets for Russell Westbrook. Uh, John Wall and a protected first-round pick were traded to Houston for Russell Westbrook. Um, Ray, to kind of catch you up to speed, um, all of us are big John Wall guys, not just what he's done on the court, but what he's done off the court because he's just such a – good dude um and you know talk about a guy that really has just embraced this town this community and um you know and what he's done is just philanthropically and and obviously being probably the best point guard in in team history i mean just forever thank you um 
But I, I will say when this trade first came down, the three of us, our reaction was like, oh, I hate it. This sucks. I, I wanted to see a healthy John Wall with the ascending Brad Beal and, and Davies Bertans and, you know, um, Rui coming back and this guy we just drafted too. So um, now that we've had over a week to kind of digest this, I, I feel a little bit more conflicted about it in terms of, you know, what's good and what's bad. So with all of that being said, I would love to hear what your, what your thoughts are about this trade overall. So in the beginning, Matt, again, you know, I've caped for John Wall. And again, it goes well being said. The guys work in the community, which it's probably been the best, some of the best work that I've seen Absolutely. any DC athlete. It's commendable, mm-hmm. admirable. It's every it's all the admirables, all the bulls, whatever you want to say. <laughs> you know, man. And like, you know, big shout out to John Wall for being the person he was and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I was going back and forth with a couple of my buddies with this. Um, and, you know, I've always been a big John Wall guy. And, again, just your point, saying, you know, the ascending um, Brad Bill, along with three-point sharpshooter Davis Bertans returning, that was something I was looking forward to. However, please inject me with Russell Westbrook. After eating all – after digesting it, it re- like, Russell Westbrook is the exact thing we need. You're talking about an emphatic guy, a guy that's whose energy – matriculates through an entire organization you know he's one of the dogs of the nba he's one of the dogs of the nba in nba history the guy's a competitor not to say it's not a slight on john wall but when it comes to russell westbrook you know what you're getting game in and game out you're someone that's pedal to the metal and you know whenever we get the chance to go back and watch game or you know go into arenas man there's no one else i'd rather see dunk a basketball on a fast break maybe lebron james but mm-hmm. second is Westbrook. And yeah. even for a 34, uh, excuse me, I was Westbrook. I think he's 33. 32. 32. 32. Hey, yeah. I'll take a 32-year-old guy that has been playing for the last couple of years versus a guy with an Achilles injuries and John Wall, which you're not – you don't know what you're getting. And yeah. it's John. we know John Wall's not a spot-up shooter, nope. you know. So, you know, again, I, neither is Russell Westbrook. That's not – you know, what I'm getting at is just – a team like the Wizards, we're looking to make the playoffs, right? And the last thing you need is to come out the gate slow, especially in the Eastern Conference that gets very, very convoluted and that bottom tier from five to eight towards the end of the season. And so you want to come out the um, come out, you know, swinging. And with Russell Westbrook, Bradley Bill, Davis Bertans, Rui, Thomas Bryan, you have a very formidable lineup, a lineup that's going to give you energy. And a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of overs on on over unders. Yeah, man, <laughs> this I, team is going to score. I'm good, and you know, hey, it was bad contract, bad contract for bad contract. I think we end up winning the trade. I mean, hey, you know, John's comments towards the end with the whole no comment thing and stuff like that. Um, hey, then I wasn't necessarily a fan. Again, goes well being said, I love the guy. But, you know, I wasn't a fan of that, and I kind of knew his days were numbered. But you see what he's – I mean, James Harden's at the strip club right now. So <laughs> Literally. Yeah, you know, Literally. you see where Russell Westbrook – you know, where his energy's at, man. And, again, this is something that, you know, goes through an organization, through a fan base, you know. So I like it. And, again, the guy gets me hyped. Gets me hyped. You know, sure. very few dudes like that in the league that I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about a guy. I love to see Kevin Durant play, but he doesn't get me hype. Love to see Kyrie Irving play. Doesn't get me hype. And yeah. so Russell Westbrook, if he's doing that for a fan, 
<laughs> Imagine what he's doing to get the guys in the locker room. So I love the trade. I think it works out. I think our win sh- wins go up by maybe five or ten. Maybe yeah, definitely ten wins. More than ten. Wow. Uh, ten more wins this year. I know. I think we're a forty-six win team. I agree with them. You know, I, I agree with the plus ten, but I think we would have gotten the plus ten and more with a healthy John Wall. Yes, yeah, I just the way, can't. The, the way the lineup is set up. John Wall creates more for this offense than Russell Westbrook does. Russell Westbrook is a me guy. He's going to, yes, he's going to get you the energy points. He's going to get you those. He's going to get you the rebounds and the dunks and all that. He doesn't make anybody around him better. He makes himself better and he'll get some fucking, he'll, he'll get those nine assists, but they're not real assists. Like there, there's no, there's no meat to those assists. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I, and I agree with you. I just what, what bothers me though with that with that narrative behind Russell Westbrook is that it's almost seemed like it's followed him his entire career. However, the guy wins games, man. Yeah, I think he also he's gets only, treated. He's not get treated what? I mean, twice. But I mean, hey, again, three years he played on three teams now. Yeah, absolutely. I oh yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. Three years on three teams. That's that's not a good sign. Yeah. yeah, well, again, though, the problem in Houston is James Harden because he's got Dwight Howard, he has CP3, have Russell Westbrook. Hey, when you, when you do that, I mean, those are three Hall of Famers. Sure. <laughs> you know, what's the common denominator and all that? I see your points, though. You know, they're, yeah, they're, I definitely understand that. I just think, I mean, bro, we never had a guy like Russell Westbrook put on a Wizards uniform. And I got the walking triple double. Now, hey, are they empty stats towards the end of the games or rebounding and stuff like that? You call it what you want. The fact mm-hmm. is, you out there, an MVP, we have an MVP player. Haven't had one of those in a while besides MJ, if you want to count Michael Jordan. Yeah, and Gilbert, you know. So that's, yeah, I hear you, though. But, but, but he was an MVP. So that's I, MVP, you got to go to fucking. Yeah, I, I I hear I hear both of you guys, and I I kind of I like wrote out I literally wrote out like a pro and con type of thing, and I think one of the points Ray was trying to make is like injecting some lifeblood into this franchise, and because as much as we appreciate John, and like the John and Brad combo, th- this fan base is still relatively apathetic. I mean, the one <clears throat> time we have seen this fan base really really just embrace this team and love it, and that was the Gilbert days. And then when they were selling out Verizon Center every single night, I mean, the community in this town absolutely just gravitated towards Gilbert and Antoine Jameson and Karan Butler. And certainly from a, if you want to move the needle, Russell Westbrook does that. And I, I think it was Chase Hughes that mentioned that Russell Westbrook has more Twitter followers than all four of our pro teams combined, which I know <laughs> what it, Twitter followers are, that doesn't win you games, but at the same time, what, what I've always found to be so odd about this town is this area is known for basketball on the high school and collegiate level. I mean, this is the mo- there's more talent in this town from a high school level than anywhere in the country. But for some odd reason, that has never, ever translated to our professional team. Um, Russell Westbrook's a name, and he's fun to watch. So, I mean... It, it's going to create, you know, put fans in the stands. It's going to sell tickets. It's going to do things like that. Um, from a basketball standpoint, I agree. And that's where it doesn't really add up because um, what we really need is a true point guard, a distributor point guard. I mean, John was at his best when 
he's not our leading scorer. I mean, when he was at his best, he leads the league in assists. At the same time, if you look at it, I mean, it's one shitty contract for the other, right? Mm-hmm. Both of them are around the same age. At the same time, we have one shitty contract with one guy coming who hasn't played in two years coming off of an injury, which will undoubtedly affect his biggest skill set and his ex- explosiveness versus a guy that we at least know what we're going to get. So, you know, in the immediacy, I get it. Um, this is, you know, from a risk averse perspective, just because we don't know what we're going to get with John for someone that hasn't played in two years. And it's probably going to take him some time to, you know, I guess, get his, get his feet wet, so to speak. Um, and I, I understand that, but from a team chemistry perspective, and if we saw anything in the NBA bubble, which was, so, I, I can't tell you how amazing it was, is that team chemistry, team basketball prevailed with the exception of the Lakers. I mean, Miami played excellent team ball. Denver played excellent team ball. Um, Portland did too. I mean, I, the Suns. Yeah. The, I mean, I, I appreciate, and that's why I enjoyed about it so much was, I mean, these teams were just playing so well together and John Wall is just such the penultimate teammate in that regard. Um, and that's the, that's the kind of, you know, yin and yang. I, I'm not as upset about the trade as I, as I was last week. I, I will say, I yeah, mean, personally, I, just, yeah. I, I, I have so much, you know, admiration and respect for John that it was hard to separate that. Yeah. No, I definitely feel you, man. You know, and you do run the risk of Russell Westbrook shooting you out of games, which, was, you know, is sickening. But Russ is established. I think he gets it like, hey, like we have a we have a, a guy in D.C. Now, I get it with Harden and stuff like that. But you we have it. I just think it's just a better environment for him to succeed. you got an old coach, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. I, I just think it's possible. You know what I mean? It was great with John, but, you know, it's just kind of almost – I got to say this. I wouldn't say lackluster, but it's like, oh, man, we've been waiting for so long, for so long for this to finally come together. And, I mean, we'll never know, but – Yeah. I get it. I would say, really, the only way this works, in my opinion, the only way this works is if Russell – agrees i am second fiddle brad this is your team you are a leading scorer you're putting up the most shots yeah and am i right he couldn't even do that with the fucking reigning mvp <laughs> yeah he couldn't even do that with james harden how is he supposed to do it with bradley beal I, I want that to happen and i and i plead for that to happen but that's just not russ yeah it's not Russ. Now I would love to be wrong. I like I want nothing more to be wrong in this scenario. You're taking a lot of overs this year. <laughs> a lot of overs. Because he also doesn't play as good as defense as John Wall. Facts. John plays better defense. Face down blocks. John creates fucking everything for Bertans, Bradley Beal, everybody. The question is Achilles. It's that Achilles yeah. that worries. I know, and that's the that, and that's the big and that's if at 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 the end of the day, if that's what we got rid of was the injured Achilles, then by all means, yeah. you know. I got you. I, I I listen, E. I hear you, bro. You're absolutely everything you said is like spot on. I'm just maybe I'm trying to make myself feel better every day with it and stuff. Uh, at the same time, I mean, this trade, looking from a national like analytical standpoint, 
I mean, I have yet to hear uh, an NBA analyst that says this trade isn't the Wizards win right now. I mean, yeah. it seems like w- the majority like this trade in the Wizards favor in comparison. Bobby, what do you think? Uh, in terms of the national perspective? Or just in general. I mean, kind of just echoing what everyone said, I, when I heard it, I was butthurt and I was pissed. Yeah. And I was like, for all the reasons you guys said, why are we trading, uh, for lack of a better word, a ball hog for a guy who distributes and a guy that we've committed to, you know, this 10 years of John Wall. Uh, 10 years. First overall pick. Guy who's been working his butt off to get back into the gym, who already has a rapport with Bradley Beal, uh, who means so much to this town. But then I thought I started thinking about it more, and the more and more I just got okay with it. We had 10 years with John Wall, and, yeah. and the way the NBA goes nowadays, it's just, yeah. it's not like basketball, um, sorry, football, hockey, or baseball. Baseball, maybe a little less, but probably more than basketball. Guys just don't play for the same team for their entire careers. That's just not going to happen. Nope. We were never going to have John Wall for his entire career. He was going to leave at some point. So if John Wall is going to leave, might as well get someone like Russell Westbrook back in return. Yeah, uh, and, and then with the injury, yeah, I mean, you you know, or I think Ray said it, you know what you're getting out of Russell Westbrook when he comes here. Uh, he's a track record, knock on wood, of being healthy. Uh, we have mm-hmm. no clue what John's going to look like. Um for all yep. we know, you know, and I don't want this to happen, but he could bust that thing again two weeks into the season. And then where do we or do the, Or the opposite one. Happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could go either way. I, it really can. Yeah, that's – yeah, man, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy. The only thing I didn't – also the only thing I didn't like was giving up that first-round pick. Yep. That's what kind of bothered me. But if you're trading for Russell Westbrook, what I expect – is that you don't plan on being a lottery team for the next three years. And that's you the thing. I would hope not. It's, so, I, I, yeah. I'm right with you. I mean, that's the other part that made me piss when I first heard it. Is it we, and we gave up a first-round pick for him? What the fuck? But <laughs> it's protected. So, yes, we're not, we're not projecting to be a lottery pick next year. But yeah. on the off chance that we are, yeah, that pick knows? wouldn't go to them. It falls yeah. down. And then it's a top 14 protected pick. And then yeah. after that, it's a second round pick <laughs> or two second yeah. round picks. So it's like, yeah. then it's, then it's straight. That up made it so much easier to accept. And I, I mean, again, my whole bottom line was anger, frustration, sadness. Really? I had to go through like, I feel like we were grieving. <laughs> yeah, we were grieving. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's like being an addict. Yeah. You know, you have to go to rehab. Yeah. And then yeah. kind of went forward and looked at it, took a step back and was like, you know what? This kind of makes sense. For both teams, and like Tom was saying, it might make more sense for us than the Rockets. Yeah, you know, but at the same time, when I'm, I was, I wrote this down. I'm like, okay, this still doesn't make us better than Boston. This still probably doesn't make us better than Toronto. This doesn't make us better than Philly. The Nets get KD back. <laughs> We're not better than Brooklyn. We're not better than Bucks. They still got Giannis. I'm counting on better with Drew Holiday. About the Bucks. I mean, but and, I'm counting on uh, Brooklyn to implode. Miami Heat. We're not going to be better than them either. So, but see, like, look, we're trending in the right direction again. This we got Tommy Shepard. You know, I expect the Wizards to be a six seed. I, you know, what I mean, these guys just we were dealing with ice, Isaac or Isaac. What? Excuse me, Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, yeah I want to say it right. Isaac Bongo on the court. You know. Anything's better than that. I mean, these guys played their heart out, you know, even though we were just like, they were really fun to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's like, 
I think we surprised people. I, I think of, I think we definitely win 40-plus games, though. I, I mean, regardless, I feel like we're going to be really fun to watch. Uh, Correct. And, you know, that's – I'll tune in. I mean, it, it's we're going to get a lot more views this year with Russell Westbrook, which re- regardless on, on from a basketball standpoint is really good for the franchise as a whole Yeah. because yeah. they need to inject some – you know, lifeblood into this franchise. So I, I, I get it. Um, you know, I'm going to be a John Wall fan regardless of where he goes. Um, you know, I really hope it works out in Houston. I, based off of what James Harden has done over the past few days, it doesn't sound good. So um, that would really suck if he spent all this time to get better, to make a playoff push. Then he goes back to a team that is no longer contending, which if I were to bet, it seems like that's the route Houston is going. Two things. I one back to the excitement. Like I, I'm not an NBA guy. You know this. I, I'm way more of a college basketball guy. I was interested in this upcoming season because John Wall was returning, and like we mentioned, the Wizards actually played pretty well last year for being a bad team. They played better than we thought, and so there's some young talent. Made it to the bubble. Adding John Wall to that excited me. Adding Russell yeah. Westbrook to that gets me steamed up. Like take the emotion out of it, out of yeah. losing John Wall. I would probably now is going to double my viewership of the games because Russell Westbrook is going to be playing with Bradley Beal. You watch the games with me? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's just a, any given Wednesday night and I'm not doing shit. I'll I'll watch the Wizards game for sure because one also we're like you said more on more national broadcasts. That's gonna be interesting and fun. Like when we play the Nets, when we play the oh my Bucks, god, that's gonna be fun. We play the Celtics. All those games are gonna be on national TV. Um, and then that gives an excuse not to listen to the fake uh, Buck and uh, Phil. Oh god, Drew Gooden. And then my second my point was back to remembering John Wall. I was looking at all of my now. Useless former DC sports athlete jerseys that I own. Oh no! And the trio is Bryce Harper. Oh boy. RG three. Oh no! And now John Wall. And John Wall is the one of those three that I feel like I could still wear around and people would appreciate. John Wall again. Ten years. Assuming he doesn't go on to be an MVP and and win a bunch of uh, championships with the Rockets, he's going to be remembered as a wizard. He's can be, you know, yeah. he is the third best wizard of all time. Wizard slash bullet. So, yeah. you know, we just watched one of the best athletes to ever come through this town and, and play the majority of his career here ever. No, no one should wear number two in a wizard's uniform. I mean, we should retire ever. number two. So that's yeah, that's absolutely correct. I agree with that. Yeah, you I know, I was thinking, guys, where yeah. does this I mean, because this was such a blockbuster of a trade. I mean, I was thinking, like, where does this compare to some other trades that we've experienced as fans? You know, I wrote down, like, when we acquired Donovan McNabb, but that was really oh. at the at the oh. end of his career. We did oh. the same thing with Jason Taylor. Um, the, there was two that really stood out to me, and that was the Champ Bailey for Clinton Portis trade and uh, Yarmir Yager when we got the Caps got him back, you know, like 20 years ago. Um, yeah. I mean, but this has been, you know, arguably this is the biggest trade in our in our lifetime. Uh, fifth round pick for Kyle Allen. Thank you. <laughs> Excuse me. True. And our yeah, lifetime. I mean, it, it's there. It's there, man. I mean, I can't. 
besides that one year with RG three when we had to, yeah. Besides that, I mean, but that player for player, and you saw how that came, how that came and went. So my worry is, is this is the same thing. So yeah, a, I mean, just to, a hell of- to be a contrarian and to add to the conversation, this probably this definitely does not equate on a national scale. Um, but in the sports specific, what about trading for TJ Oshie? Yeah. I mean, in the, ho- in the hockey world. I love that, that trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the hockey world. I mean, because that was right after TJ Oshie did his thing in Sochi. Sure. And so four, he was. Oshie, Oshie and Sochi. So he was like the hottest American hockey player on the planet at that time. And the Caps went and got him. And then they won a cup. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. again, it's not the same thing, but in terms of hockey, that's. That's a big trade in this town system. I mean, it's a big trade. I mean, you know, again, I mean, it's see, like it's it's hockey. I hate to say it this way because I mean, you guys know me. I like, I do, in fact, enjoy hockey. But <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> but as far as like impact, like I, like Oshi is a you know he's a he's the second guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At his you know highest potential, absolutely. Yeah, maybe when he was with the St. Louis Blues, he was that guy. But you totally, know, come on, totally star. You know, we had somebody that was going, to, but he was an integral part to why a Stanley Cup was in DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally understand. I was just adding. Yeah, no, I, I, no my bad. Dude. If we're having a big we're, hockey trade, it's probably that one. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> <laughs> just had to All show right. off your hockey. <laughs> come in here. You start spouting off the mouth. All I'm saying is when Ray and I were together and Ray and I would be talking hockey and all of a sudden customers would be like, You you know hockey? <laughs> yes. Ray's like, Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, no, I, I've been watching the caps since I remember like watching my first game Peter Bonders for me. Like I watch hockey. Like it's never been like the forefront, but my I have, I have a little bit of hockey acumen. Damn right. You know, all right, so, Bob, we are over to the two-hour mark, I assume. We're at 220, um, Porter. All right, that's what happens when you beat an undefeated team and have a blockbuster trade. Porter, I am sincerely sorry for the Ooh. delay. Oh, don't be. It's half his fault. He took a 15-minute break, and we had to extend the football conversation because we were waiting for him to get back. It's true. true. That is it's true. It's true. What you got for us, dude? Um. Nothing in particular. I'd say that the uh, we were talking earlier on the on the group chat about it being December and running through Christmas movies. Um, so I have a, a friendly competition with my friend and coworker Jennifer of like how many Christmas movies can you watch in the month of December before Christmas? And at the time when I started that chat, I was talking with her at the same time, and I was like, "I'm on movie four. She was like, "I'm on movie eleven plus." whatever, which doesn't count. I think there should be some stipulations because she is a two-year-old and she works from home. So I feel like this is running in the background, like at all times, but she really does love Christmas movies. But I think Elaine and I are on six now. And it's like, we've pretty much run through Disney plus home alone, home alone to Santa Claus, Santa Claus to uh, nightmare before Christmas Nice. And did you bet Santa? No, not yet. <laughs> what was the other one? Oh, Noel. Um, with Anna Kendrick, which I definitely recommend. 
It's a good, fun movie. Um, and there was another one. I think I'm on seven. I can't remember what it is, but ooh, I'm beating you, Porter. I think I'm on eight. It's oh. been it's been fun. Yeah, they're like uh, I'm. Uh, I think Elaine's I think I super into the Christmas spirit, and she's decorated the house and is is all about it. So it's 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 one of those things like you can't really do by yourself. So you know, having <laughs> that aspect by, the, by your you room know, that it's very festive. Well, this <laughs> no, this room doesn't change. This is my room. I decorate this room. This is this is the way it's staying. Very that flag this is the way. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's uh, that's been my uh, viewing update. Other than in the uh, background of uh, catching up on Black Sales, um, nice. started. I paid, uh, just gave in and, and bought Stars, and have been so happy I did. Uh, Black Sales is amazing. Um, I wish it was longer than four seasons, but being the prelude to like no. Treasure Island, um, I think it's perfect um, that they've done the amount of storyline that they have um i think that's like a rare thing with the show so i think four is an odd number but uh the way that it's going right now i'm in the last season um i think it's going to tie it into a, a nice bow that like doesn't end the show but like lifts you off into like okay here's where the story of treasure island comes into play um so i'm i'm excited to see where that is so if you haven't seen Black Sails, it's awesome. It's about Black Sails, you say? Okay. Yeah. Black okay. Sails on on stars. Um there's uh it's a good old school uh prime, you know, prime cable TV show. There's a okay. lot of nudity, a lot of violence, a lot of really good uh storytelling, plot, characters, like big budget, like threw a bunch of money at it did a really good show, did a really good job. It's one of the stars. I feel like uh boss was around the same time. They started doing black sales with uh, Kelsey Grammer, um, which is, oh, a, yeah. which is a crime. It was only two seasons. Boss was such a fucking awesome goddamn show. I, I loved um, uh, that show on stars. So both of those, if you've never seen them, black sales and uh, boss on, on stars are fantastic. I'll say less. Yeah. And um, are we all caught up on the Mandalorian? Yes. Yes. Oh, I, I'm not. Yes. Don't do, we nope. can't get started on that. <laughs> yeah, <please. laughs> Too long. We'll do that Too next long. week. You guys highly recommend that, huh? Oh fuck yeah! Watch it, Ray. Oh no, no, no! I am not hating it. I am not hating. It. I just, I, I just didn't invest yeah. any time in it. If that's not your world, you're not going to care. If it's your world, watch it. Yeah, it's like Star Wars. Watch it. You don't yeah, give a shit about Star Wars, if, don't watch it. You're but even if care. it's not your world, if you want to watch, you know, 30 to 40 minute show about just like a cool adventure, like <laughs> you're not going to be bored. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. But like what <laughs> I was going to say, it's not my world. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's so many, there's like that show. And again, Ian's right. We got to cut this off. But like Mandalorian is, is about the fans. That's what the show is. The little things that nobody would know unless you've yes. seen all the movies, if you've watched the the TV shows and the and the cartoons, and like you've been a fan, the things that like you get like, oh shit, I can't believe that like, and it's it maybe lasts three seconds in the show, but you're like, oh, they showed it, that's awesome, like that's part of the story, like, like whatever. You're not gonna yeah. see that. You're just gonna see some dude walking in a fucking forest with a little green puppet. Like <laughs> that little green puppet is very cute, though. Yeah, <laughs> incredibly. All right. 
right. Die Hard's not fun. a Christmas movie, by the way. What did you say? Just Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. You shut the fuck up. Yes, it is. <laughs> How dare you? Out of all the Christmas movies you said that you guys watched, Die Hard wasn't even remotely about it. Was I know. It? I'm working up to it. We're getting into it. I'm working up to it's it. It's coming. It's coming into play. I promise. Oh, oh yeah, because Elaine's gonna be like, "Yeah, this is a, this is 100 a Christmas movie." Yeah. Well, she gets a day to pick. I get a day to pick. Doesn't so make it a Christmas movie though, does no, it? No, it's oh, it's a Christmas movie. It is 100 a Christmas movie. Would it be played on Hallmark? I don't think so. Well, Hallmark's for pussies, so who cares? Well, 100. <laughs> percent That wasn't a reference towards women. <laughs> Ah, uh, no, that's not what I heard. Well, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> that's not what I heard. Oh, man. All right. All right. Well, right, before we go, I'm sorry, but no, guys, before. this has been an absolute pleasure, man. I really appreciate this. Yeah, no, of well, course. We thank, thank you. Thank you. You are welcome anytime, Ray, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Everyone who enjoyed Ray's presence, please give him a follow on Twitter at Dr. Easy Rider. Um, he is actually excellent on Twitter. He has probably the most followers that anyone we have on the podcast. 100%. Um, so, we, uh, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. Hashtag Dreadhead, hashtag H-E-T-R, you know. Um, <laughs> 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 I'm just reading his bio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Ray, nice. we really appreciate nice. it. Uh, you're more than welcome any single time that you want to come on. We should have you more often. Great conversation. Obviously, since we went two and a half hours, but uh, good yeah. to see you, man. Happy holidays. Um, hey, hope- hey guys, love you guys, man. You take care of yourselves, and you know, hopefully, this gets done sooner than later. What we're going through, but I wish you everyone good health. Yeah, uh, you know, happy holidays, man. Yeah. As for the rest of well, us, Ray. as for the rest of us, at Tom underscore Natalie for Thomas, at Ian underscore Foster twenty one for Ian. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. You can get. Uh, Porter at gone for 15 minutes and Taylor at Tay Tay for day days. Um, that's going to do it for the put me in coach podcast. Give us a follow on uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, Google podcast, and SoundCloud. Also PMIC podcast across the board on social media. We really appreciate uh, you guys tuning in, following along and subscribing and spreading in the word. Happy holidays to all. Hopefully we'll do another podcast next week after another uh, victory by the Washington football team for all the boys. We'll talk to you later and have a good night. Bye. 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 This has been Put Me In Coach Podcast. Screw you guys, I'm going home.